Sawyer wants Saeed to torture her, and Saeed's like, uh, no, I don't do that anymore. And Saeed, Sawyer's like, well, that's convenient that you would do it to me and then no more. Okay, I'm the last one. Great. He's like, me and then retirement? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding antiheroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, tell us a little bit about your sister. Because all three of the people on this podcast have sisters, and sisters are very important this episode. It's true. My sister has been on this podcast, I believe, twice, and her third episode's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sneak peek for you. Um, and I talk about her a lot on all of our various podcasts, yes. I think, as well, because I spent many years of my life living with her. But her name is Callie. She's three years younger than me, or it's about two and a half years younger than me. Yeah, it's the exact same age difference as me and Lindsay. Unless it's, is it three and a half years? I don't know. I don't think that's right. But either way, that I was born- too many. I was born in 95 and she was born in 98. When you were in grade nine, what grade was she in? Uh, when I was in grade 12, she was in grade nine. So I think she was in grade six. It's the exact, it's two and a half years. Yeah, it's the yeah. exact same age gap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we weren't really friends for a lot of the time when we were growing up, but now we are friends. Oh, that's so cute. We are very close now. We share a lot of the same interests and yeah. Do you have any funny Cali stories for us? I feel like any funny Cali stories I have ever told uh, have already been told. Okay. You know, like, so nothing in particular, but like just various experiences that we have had together. Okay, fair enough. You know, like Mm -hmm. on uh, our Patreon-only podcast, we talked about uh, when me and my sister went to Disney World together and we would always ride Small World together and how we would make It's a Small World fun. And in our The 100 podcast, I talked about like growing up with my sister and how we weren't friends and all this stuff. So I feel like there's not much I can say about my sister that hasn't already been said slash will already be said at some point. But that's uh, that's her. All right. I'm a big fan of um, the Jeffrey sisters. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend going to Disney World with them because it's exceptionally fun. It's yeah. true. Wow, you've been to Disney World with both both sets of sisters. Oh my god, I have. That's so weird. Oh, Amazing. That was so fun. <laughs> anyway, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Apertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my sister is a clown. <laughs> Her name is Lindsay. She's two and a half years younger than I am. Um, She is my very best friend and I frequently want to punch her teeth out. She is also two and a half years younger than I am. So we were never in like the same school other than elementary, but we weren't really friends either. And then while she was still in high school, we started watching the X-Files together and now we're inseparable and we wish that we were born twins and we're really upset that we don't have the same birthday. And um, all of my stories about Lindsay are not safe for work. Um, (laughs) Whether that be like in the actual NSFW usual way or like just embarrassing that just she would never so want embarrassing that i cannot tell the stories yeah. like everything that we do is deeply stupid mm-hmm. and i cannot publicly share i have so much black material blackmail material on her mm-hmm. on my phone yeah um and she's been on this podcast as well she has been on this podcast before she's a plus size model slash influencer on instagram and she has a daughter named lola and lola has the most uh, attitude of any baby I've ever seen in my life, which is exactly what Lindsay deserves because Lindsay is also a nightmare. I forgot to say, my sister is a photographer. That's what she does. And she took pictures of Brittany and Sam's engagement mm-hmm. at Disney World. And we of Lindsay and Lola. And of Lindsay and Lola. So there you go. Oh, yeah. God, it's just all full circle. 
I, I love, I love all these siblings. I really wish that I had a story to tell, but I genuinely can't without, like, I know she would shoot me. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite story about Lindsay is also from Disney World. And <laughs> I don't know if she'd want me to say this. No, please do. <laughs> she- I'm, I'm already terrified because I don't know what this is. So she like went to the bathroom and she <laughs> came back out and she was like, I went to poop and I forgot my phone. <laughs> And I tweeted it, so like, why not say it on a podcast? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty classic for her. Yeah, and it's also relatable. Yeah, honestly, Fre- I will frequently call Lindsay, and she will be on the toilet. Yeah. Um, oh, my sister, my and she'll take the call the too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She'll take the call. Yeah, and so I have to listen to her pee. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's crazy because sometimes my sister will Snapchat me and be like, "Hi, I'm pooping. What are you doing?" And sometimes I'm also pooping. <gasps> that's wow. it's crazy. It really feels like we're like connected in a lot of different ways. Do you want to share with the class what you call a poop break these days uh i think it was from some tiktok or i don't remember where we but got we now from. call them fudge breaks yeah <laughs> so that's just what they're called so but. there's a lot going on in our house a lot of potty humor a lot of a lot potty of potty humor. humor but that's because it's the funniest humor i support you guys yeah 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 and our guest this episode is casey, casey that's me Hi. Hey, Casey girl. Hi. It's your world. I, uh... Who, who are you? I, um... I got a little, like, too caught up in, like, making sure my technology was working that I didn't prepare my bio. Mm. Luckily, you don't need an official one just yet. Oh, that's good. Um, okay. So, hi. I'm Casey. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I'm from Rhode Island, and I'm an administrative assistant by day, and it's miserable, and I hate it. Thank you so much. But in my spare time, I make candles inspired by different fandoms and fun things, and it's very uh, nice for me and therapeutic and I love it. And if you're interested in checking them out, um please do at um LF Candle Co. uh pretty much everywhere. Um thank you so much. Yeah you should because they're amazing. Yeah oh. they smell so good. <laughs> you guys are so nice. She has a lost one and it's my favorite one. I sure do. We only burn your candles. <laughs> um also a uh, fun fact not to, uh sometimes I just think about this and it makes me want to cry. Jorge Garcia has my lost candle and sometimes I think about oh, that yeah. and it makes me what incredibly emotional. I think yeah because Joe Garfine gave it to him right Courtesy of the great Joe Garfine, honestly. Where would we be without Joe Garfine, truly? <laughs> yeah. You know where we would be? Lost. Nowhere. So, ah! exactly. so true, so true. That was a good one, bestie. <laughs> I tried. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship with the show slash what it means to you, which is the next prompt in the, <laughs> the guest thing? Oh my gosh. I have talked about this before, but basically I watched Lost for the first time with Robin herself on her couch and it changed my life. It was about, it was on New Year's Day 2019. Yes, 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was so long ago. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, New Year's Day, 2019. Uh, Robin and I plopped on a couch, watched the first four episodes of Lost. I was hooked. I'm currently in the middle of my third rewatch of the series. And I just love it so much. I think it's the greatest feat of television history. It is so... I'm inclined to agree. Uh, like, it's it, It's honestly just uh, perfect in so many ways. And I don't think any show will ever surpass its greatness. Because it just... It set the, it set the bar so high for, like, mm-hmm. network television. And I just think anything that has tried to copy it since is just not it, fam. Like, you cannot recreate Lost you know there there's only one that's so accurate especially on network television like 
Lost was the last great network te- television show. It really was. Get better than that. It and it was one of the first <laughs> great network. Ne- oh my gosh, no- none of us can say network. Are we okay? <laughs> it's because we're so used to streaming. Okay? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, what is what even is a network? Honestly, I don't fucking right. Freaking, sorry. Like, name the last time you watched something on CBS. What's CBS? Um, exactly, Big Brothers on CBS. I think. Oh, that's right. That is it. reality TV. Doesn't count. Okay, okay, okay. Then I don't know. <laughs> Uh, same. Oh, uh, and then who are some of your favorite characters? <laughs> okay. So, my favorite three characters are Sawyer, Kate, and Juliet, or as I prefer to think of them, Schooliet of the <laughs> Ultimate OT3. Um, I will be talking about them extensively this episode, so uh, strap in. I also love literally everyone else, except Anthony Cooper. I think he <laughs> deserves a brutal, painful death. Yeah, but aside from him, um, I, d- I just love everyone so much. I love how different all the characters are and how they all get get their like own special place in the arc of the whole story. I love the tension that like they like different characters bring to different relationships and how you can have one character with one set of characters and then you throw them in with another set of characters and it's just like completely different. Uh, just, uh, just, I love these characters so much. They're my children. Thank you. So true. And where can we follow you? Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV. And as I mentioned, you can follow my candle stuff at LF Candle Co. So yeah, please do that. It'd make me happy. Perfect. Do it for her. And then tell us about your sister. Oh, my sister. Funny you should ask. So I literally had to FaceTime my sister uh, before recording this to like ask her about like a a good moment between the two of us because I just don't have a memory. So she was very helpful. Uh, My sister's name is Chelsea. She is five years older than me. So she's 29. And like in 2022, she's going to turn 30 and I'm going to turn 25. So like that's fun for us. (laughs) That's magical. Yeah. Yeah, she lives in Boston. She is a manager and waitress at Cheers. Very iconic. That's cool. She obviously after being there for like, I don't know, she's been there since she was in college. Obviously the charm has worn off for sure. (laughs) But nonetheless, that is what she does. And she and I weren't close at all, like until she went to college. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like literally the night that we dropped her off at her dorm. She also went to college in Boston. The night we dropped her off at her dorm, Pink's Glitter in the Air came on the radio on the ride home. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. I don't know why. I don't know why that song um, felt especially prevalent in my life at that moment. But yeah, I just remember uh, sobbing a lot. But now we're um, we're very close. Um, She and I are big Disney lovers, big Star Wars lovers. So we have like a lot of common interests, but also a lot of very not similar interests. For example, she has an obsession with corgis and she doesn't even have a corgi. <laughs> oh my god. So literally once I got on FaceTime with her five minutes ago, she was like, to be honest, I thought you were calling me to tell me that you had bought this Christmas corgi thing at Home Depot that I really want. And I was like, mm, no, no, sorry. No, what? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but I love her lots and we goof around a lot and also get annoyed with each other a lot and it's nice. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's good times. And now. (laughs) 
a very important announcement (laughs) from the Aficionados Podcast Network. (laughs) Oh my god. In a very special episode. This episode, the last episode of the year, is actually a special transition episode. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're thinking. Transition to what? (laughs) I'll tell you. Tell us. Do you like me to tell it? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. You guys, Brittany. (laughs) That's me. Is leaving the podcast. I'm literally going to start crying. But it's okay. I know what you're thinking. Robin, you can't do this by yourself. You already take over too much. I know. (laughs) I know. So don't worry, we have a replacement. And you might know her. Thus brings in the transition element. Because the replacement of Brittany is already here on this podcast. It's daily! (laughs) It's the puppy! Robin's dog! It's... If you haven't put it together already, it's Casey! Oh my god, I'm literally gonna start crying. I hate myself. <laughs> uh, and an acceptance speech from you, please. Um. <laughs> Don't do this to her. I was not, pre- I was not prepared for this. I... Oh, I I literally don't even know where to start. Obviously, I'm just eternally grateful and honored and I promise I'll try not to be annoying and I just, I have very big shoes to fill and I'm gonna do my best and I just love you guys so much. Listen, I've never tried not to be annoying and it's worked out for me so far. Oh, you're like- So, just be annoying. Yeah, Brittany, your speech to now pass the torch. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask everybody to do this speech okay. except for me. So I'm not leaving because I don't like Lost or because I hate Robin. We live Although together. The, uh, both of those things are up in the air. That would be really awkward. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, no, I hit uh, burnout and I basically, it's like not sustainable for me to like keep doing the amount of work that I've been doing and for my brain to still be okay. So I talked to Robin and like, we were both like, well, we know exactly who should do it and it should be Casey because Casey is one the world's biggest lost stand and two she's great at podcasting and three she has like whoa 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 okay other than Robin of course thank you I was like sorry other than Robin oh sh- sh- don't talk me up that much so sorry I it did not even clock it I was just like uh-huh oh yeah it should be see and that that's a mark of how big a fan she is that like it didn't even occur to Robin to challenge that I think I think already in my brain was like other than me of course yes continue yeah, yes of course of course <laughs> So we were like, okay, it has to be Casey. And so it just very naturally was like, if Casey does it, then I can safely leave. And Casey said, yes. So here we are. We prioritize self-care. Yeah, that's basically, it's for my mental health. And Brittany will still be on some of the other podcasts. Oh yeah, I'm still an aficionado, please. Yes. Please. Please. Yeah. I just need a I need a break for my old brain. We support you, you old lady. Thank yeah. you. Brittany, what? for the last time, your line. <laughs> my line that I have once again not prepared for. Yeah. Because I'm very good at my job. I will change this from Brit colon the line to Casey, Casey. colon the line. <laughs> oh my god, you guys stop. <laughs> too fragile okay today we were to say about episode three nice fumbling it really fumbling it just your last one <laughs> today we were to- <laughs> I'm sorry. today we have word to say about oh my god today we have word to say about episode 316 of lost one of us she really just didn't want to let go she said i'm just gonna do this for the rest of the time so i never leave the podcast <laughs> 
So one of us is a sister episode with episode 214, which was called One of Them and also heavily features Ben. Uh, and then also in Stranger in a Strange Land, Ben warns Jack that no matter what he thinks of Juliet, she will still be like one of us. Okay. So one of us, it's about Juliet. The broadcast date was April 11th, 2007. It was written by Carlton Cuse and Drew Goddard and it was directed by... Jack Bender. Oh, your friend Jack Bender. My guy, Jack Bender. And then some fun facts that I picked out for this episode. The episode was originally titled The Truth About Lying, and it was supposed to be Charlie-centric. The same thing happened in season two with Collision, which was supposed to be a Charlie-centric episode called Old Habits that just didn't happen. There's another Charlie-centric episode that's coming down the line uh, this season that is so beautiful and perfect that I'm glad that they didn't, like, I don't know, replace it with that. Like, I don't know. But either way, what happened is great and thanks. You. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Mm-hmm. So what's really interesting about this episode is that, like I said a couple episodes ago about expose, is that the ratio that they kind of try to do is a ratio of like three parts and two parts are island, one part is flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Expose was interesting because two parts were flashbacks, one part was island. And this episode is interesting because it's just like, it's kind of, it's half and half. Like more than half of the episode is flashbacks. That's really kind cool. of crazy to me. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't feel like that when you're watching it, but then like you look back on it and I'm like, oh, I guess. I know. It's very, it's because a lot so of it happens on the island. Yeah. So I split it into two parts, obviously the present and the flashbacks. So I did a summary for the present and we're going to start with that. Um, so here we go. Jack, Kate, Saeed, and Juliet are still walking to camp after last episode's excursion. They get to a stream and Saeed wants to make camp. Kate and Jack go off and get some firewood. Kate asks about Jack's time with the others and he says he just saved Ben and laid low so he could go home. Meanwhile, back with Saeed and Juliet, Saeed grills her for answers, but she says that if she told, he would kill her. Saeed's down to test that theory, but Jack comes back and stands up for her because apparently she's under his protection now. So sure. okay then. I fully snorted at that line. I just gotta say. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Back at the beach, Aaron cries and Charlie goes to comfort him. Claire hasn't woken up yet despite the loud crying and she says she's not feeling well today. Charlie takes Aaron so she can rest more. In the jungle, Saeed and Kate go ahead, pissed at the other two. Juliet and Jack talk about how Juliet's wronged them so it might take a while for them before they can be friends. Juliet says she's really nervous to meet everyone. Hurley makes oatmeal with Charlie when Claire comes up and asks if anyone has any medication she can have. Sawyer immediately volunteers to get some for her because he's a nice guy. But before he can, he sees Jack enter the camp and there's a beautiful reunion including a gloriously romantic hug between Sawyer and Kate. I'm so excited. Yep. I don't care if you ship Suliet and you hate Skate. This is such a beautiful romantic hug and I no one could take this away from me. Oh my god. Just the way he cradles her head. I could talk about that alone for five hours. I know. Casey, like chose this episode like a while ago and I think you know mostly because it was about Juliet but like also partially because of this hug it was for this hug it was for this hug yeah. <laughs> specifically for the hug yes yeah. alone yeah Sawyer then notices that Juliet is here and is like WTF later Juliet sits alone and Hurley comes to be with her they introduce themselves and come to the understanding that he's there to watch over her because the last person they had from the others other than Ben was Ethan and he killed and kidnapped people so not great in a group scene Jack asks everyone to trust Juliet but they just don't especially Sawyer and Saeed As they argue, Claire starts spitting up blood and everything starts revolving around that. Jack tries to treat her and asks Charlie lots of questions. Juliet asks what happened and Sun and Jin are stone cold toward her. Juliet goes to Kate and asks her to get Jack. Juliet knows how to save Claire. She explains that they gave Claire injections of a serum that Juliet developed for her pregnancy to try and stop her from dying and now she's going through withdrawals. Juliet knows where there's some more and she can go get it. 
Jack tells her to go. Juliet finds where the supplies are, but Saeed and Sawyer have followed her and want to question her without Jack around. Juliet tells him to get off their high horses because they're both really morally bad people and they don't need Claire's life on their hands too. It's pretty badass. When she gets back, they administer the shot to Claire and in a few hours, she wakes back up again. Jack gives Juliet some supplies and tells her that everyone agreed since she saved Claire that she can have a tent in the camp. Jack tells her that eventually everyone will need answers. Jack doesn't need any because he knows she wants to leave as much as them. Juliet prepares her tent and looks out at all the people of the camp. Kind of sinisterly. Just, yes. <laughs> Based on what happens in the flashbacks There is hostility. The yeah, yeah. So Jack, Kate, Saeed, and Juliet are walking. They find themselves at a stream. Saeed wants to make camp. But I'm like, he says it's getting late, but like it really doesn't look very late. Like, I guess I'll just trust <laughs> Saeed. But, you know, it literally looks like we're still mid-afternoon. I mean, is he like, we're not going to come to a good enough place again before night? Like, I don't know, but. Perhaps. Perhaps they wanted to make sure they were by water. Yeah, I was like, it does not look very late. No, it does not. No. I would, however, just um, side note, I would really like to thank uh, Liz Mitchell's tank top. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That makes total sense. She speaks for me. Yeah. So I guess they like am trying are trying to make it like multiple days long so that Sawyer can do nicknames again faster. <laughs> That's we're my bored guess. Of not yeah. doing it let's yeah. just do it that's so much of his personality yeah and so jack and kate split off um they're collecting firewood kate wants to talk about what happened while he was there i assume because she doesn't want juliet to be part of this conversation so she's like ah yes jack i will go with you because jack like won't leave juliet's side yeah he's like a also she's kind of jealous mm-hmm. like so yeah. jealous let's be real and like oh my god jack is like attached to juliet at the hip like yeah he's like a if i was juliet i'd be annoyed <laughs> honestly i think I think he's protecting her life. Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. he's genuinely like, if I leave her alone, they'll kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, with, I mean, with Saeed, for sure. Yeah. I like, basically, I don't think that it's about Saeed. With with Kate, I mean, like, Kate going off with Jack to ask him questions. It's not about not asking the questions with Saeed not there. It's about Juliet. Yeah. Oh, fully, fully. Yeah. So Jack says, yes, I made that deal that I was supposed to do. So I just kept my head down so that I wouldn't like ruin it. And she's like, that's it. And he's like, yeah, like all of the drama was around, uh, was all over the other place. I was just playing football. So <laughs> with this pal friendly. Yeah. He was just trying to make friends. Yeah. Um, And then Jack like straight up walks away from her. And he's like, Kate, well, bye, Kate. I have a new love interest now. Oh my God. Literally, literally. You guys can't see it, but I'm miming walking. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Saeed and Juliet alone together now. She's like washing herself off, not doing a great job because she is still covered in mud but her hair is already so much more curly we talked about this in the episode with maria uh not in portland that in the flashbacks her hair is so 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 curly and then when she gets to the island her hair gets straighter and so my theory is that the curlier her hair gets the more like not on the other side she is Mm, the more unattached it's all it's also the more she's more authentically herself yeah yes without having to like calculate every move Mm -hmm. yeah for Ben. Uh, and she's just so beautiful. Like, even covered in mud. Her freaking blue eyes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. She's constantly serving. Her <sighs> face is so symmetrical. So symmetrical. It's so symmetrical. Yeah. Oh, I I just love her. She is a work of art. Thank you. So she's just kind of sitting there and she's like, okay, Saeed, give it to me then. Because I know that you want to talk about something. I love and- it. Yeah. So he wants to know what they've been up to and like why they're trying to hurt them and stuff. Like tell me everything. And also, first of all, who the heck are you? <laughs> and so we transition to a flashback that starts with her stating her name. So that's good stuff. It's very good. Good transition. Such good stuff. I love this scene. I love Julia and Saeed together. Mm-hmm. Like you can just like definitely tell that Ben told Juliet like, yo, if there's one person you can't mess up in front of, it is mm-hmm. Saeed. And she she knows like- So true. Yeah. Like this man cannot, you cannot lie in front of, like to this man. No. She's like, you have to be so calculating with what you say and how you 
you say it. Like, she's probably thinking about how long she's pausing between speaking. Like, right. Like, she just knows that there is, if there's one person who could ruin all of this for her, it would be like her messing up in front of Saeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like being alone with him is like terrifying. <laughs> uh, so, probably. like, later when Jack is like, Oh, are you nervous? And she's like, Yeah, I'm nervous. But also, the scariest part has already happened. I had to talk to Saeed. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> and that sucked. Like, Saeed. I was already grilled by Saeed. Worse is over. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Saeed was an interrogator. Mm-hmm. You cannot lie to him. Yeah. No, and he was the first one to catch on to all of Ben's mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. He's the first one to catch on to Michael lying. Like, yep. if there's one person who will be able to figure out that Juliet is infiltrating them, it's him. And yep. I just love that because he is so smart and these writers know it. Right. He's so smart and handsome. And handsome. Yeah. And notoriously good liar Locke cannot say anything to him. Nope. So Juliet is like thinking about this flashback that just happened and Saeed's like, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> Having a flashback or something? She's like, I'm the main character right now. <laughs> She's like, your episode was several episodes ago. Give me my time. My turn. So she's like, if you knew everything, then you would kill me. And he's like, okay, well, if you don't tell me everything, I'll kill you. I'll still kill you. Either way, you're dead. Uh, So tell me or don't tell me. So then Jack comes back to defend her. And Saeed's like, one day I'll get my answers. One day I'll get that Best Buy rewards card. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. And so he's like, no, she's under my protection. So she'll answer when she wants to. And if I was saying, I'd be like, she's under your what now? Your absolute <laughs> nutball? You think she needs protecting from me? What do you think I'm going to do? She's under my protection. Yeah. Did I just threaten her life? Yeah. But, but like in a friendly way. If I told you who I was, if I told you everything that I know, you'd kill me. What do you think I'll do if you don't? Leave her alone. Sooner or later, she'll answer my questions. She'll answer your questions when she's ready. And you'll wait until she is. She's under my protection. Jack thinks he's so amazing. Jack thinks just like, yeah, Saeed, don't cross me, okay? Saeed's an actual soldier. Literally. And Kate literally has seen actual war. Literally. And yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's under my protection. Saeed's oh my like, god. thumbs up. Yeah. Jack has so much, like, entitlement this episode. Yeah. Yes. Like, strolling back into camp. Uh, like, bro, chill. <laughs> there are so many parts of Jack that I am willing to love and excuse. But sometimes he does stuff and I'm like, I don't know about this guy. Well, it's because I strongly believe that there is a big character sh- character shift between Jack from before and post-hostage Jack. And, like, mm. after Jack has lived with the others, he's like, I may a grand sacrifice for all of you sort of attitude and it's like yeah he totally did but he knows it yeah and so he's like yeah he knows it yeah and also no one asked him to exactly you know like no one said put your life on the line to save ours like you're supposed to all be in this together you know mm-hmm. exactly he has yeah. he has your main character syndrome live together die alone sir yeah i also think that like he is slightly embarrassed about the fact that his plan didn't work like when kate, kate being like oh what did you do over there and he's like kind of nothing and kate's like really that's it you know like he 
really thought that once he got off the island, that's when the big work started. And so he didn't do any big work here. And so now he's embarrassed because it feels like he just wasted his time. Well, he kind of did. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's true. So like, I get him having an attitude mm -hmm. because he did waste his own time. Mm -hmm. And he didn't learn anything about you. Not really. Yeah. Especially because we then learn later that like all of his trust of Juliet is like misplaced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Obviously, she like feels bad about the stuff that she's doing. So like, it's not completely misplaced, but like she is against them at this point. Right. I think it's Jack just so confidently wants to believe in people. Mm -hmm. So he blindly trusts without thinking about like ulterior motivations. And then when they double cross him, he's like, how could you do that to me when I specifically asked you not to? Mm -hmm. And part of that's inspired, you know, like who, you know, it's nice to want to see the good in people, but like you got to know what show you're on. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think he has very much an air of like, well, he he's. It is entitlement. It, it is though. Yeah. He has said it himself that like he feels that he's deserving of people's answers or trust or mm -hmm. whatever it may be because of something he's done for them in the past. Like, bro, <laughs> that's not exactly how relationships on this work, uh, on, yeah. on this work, on this show work. <laughs> like people are going to backstab you and they're not going to give you answers why and mm -hmm. you aren't entitled to like I mean it, uh, yeah it sucks I mean that's how his marriage ended but you're not entitled to know yeah. that you know exactly and that's kind of like why I hate his not do I hate I don't know I guess I do hate his relationship with Kate at least at this moment is because he always thinks he's so entitled to like unpacking her trauma like the whole thing in season two with the case and the plane where he's like I think I deserve to know like yeah why you care about this so much mm -hmm. and Kate is like I don't want to tell you because the man that I loved and could see myself like living the rest of my life with uh is super dead now and I don't want to tell you like right and like even when Juliet when he was talking to Juliet and he was like why do you want me to kill Ben why did you do this I can't remember how it exactly went I think it was at the end of not in Portland and she just like he kept bothering her so much that she like had an outburst screaming and crying at him because he wouldn't freaking leave her alone he doesn't have any boundaries yes that's how he gets his answers yes. yeah but also really quickly going back to the whole thing where we were like he wants to see the good in people there's the flip side to that is that he's constantly also very suspicious of everybody but I think that that's like realistic to an actual human person as well that he has uh -huh. both of those yeah well, right. there, it's a constant need to know people, mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to be known. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. And that's right. why I think a lot of people still like Jack. Like, mm -hmm. I personally, I see why other people like Jack. I don't like Jack very much. I definitely struggle with Jack, especially in the early seasons. I think that as the seasons go on, the writers really understood that they had to turn him around mm -hmm. yeah. before they ended the show, and they did that successfully. Oh, yeah, yeah, he has a whole complete arc. Oh, yeah. yeah. By season six, I would die for that man. And that's kind of crazy. For example, example yeah <laughs> for example like we thought we watched at least i did i watched the entirety of the run of the show the hundred only oh god one of the main characters had an actual full arc that was satisfying and made sense was it smurfo no it was octavia i think murphy's arc sucked radio silence yeah i'm like but uh, so much of octavia was a different character every season oh for sure but like she came full circle it was uh, an arc okay you know um whether or not it was planned right yeah exactly Exactly. But that was the only one to me that was actually like satisfying. Um, however, like almost every single one of the characters on this show has a satisfying arc. Oh my God. Especially yeah. Jack, which they understood our main character needs to have a good arc. Yeah. Well, it's because this show was written by competent writers. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, literally like 98% of the characters mm -hmm. end up with a fulfilling arc. And if they don't, it's because of, mostly because of like outside stuff. Like yeah. Mr. Echo, for example. Like Exactly, Mr. Echo. He wanted to leave. So there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. 
but everyone else also when i say competent writers i mean people who aren't my friends yeah <laughs> for the record yeah so jack is like she's under my protection and saeed's pissed about <laughs> sorry this. do you want to do that again she's under my protection <laughs> oh my god and Ju- julie like saeed's pissed about this kate's like really surprised that he said that probably because it sounds so dumb <laughs> and juliet's just like neutral about it like doesn't say anything if i was juliet i'd be like um d- did i ask i could protect I mean, myself i'd be like i listen i don't want to answer the questions but i also don't want to be under your protection or whatever like bro what even is that like it's like don't care plus didn't ask yeah (laughs) i'd be like okay i'm my own person but go off king she's under my protection i'd be standing there like that standing emoji yeah like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) come again so back on the beach aaron is crying charlie goes to see him claire hasn't woken up with his cries like she usually does and it's it's straight up day like it's 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 the morning, but it's like, it's light out. People are up. People are doing stuff. Like she should have woken up by 10 now. 10 a.m. Yeah. Charlie doesn't seem to be living in the same tent as them right now. It seems like- Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah. I don't think that- I I think they separated at the beginning of the season and never went back. It's just weird because they have had like a reconciliation in Par Avion, and I don't think they fight again until the end of the season. Yeah. So I just assumed that he was back living with her, but it doesn't look like it right now. Maybe he's just like trying to like respect her- Space. And that's growth. Yes. We, that is growth. We call that growth in this house. That's the growth we were asking for. This is exactly what's happening. Like, we all know due to Desmond that Charlie is not long for this world, right? Yeah. We all know that so we can say that. But like, in the same way that Jack, near the end of the show because it was the end of the show, they needed to bring him back because he was being unlikable for a lot of it. Um, With Charlie, they knew he was being unlikable. They knew he was nearing the end of his arc and so they had to bring him back. Hello? They know what they're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They super do. They're very good at assessing it's not like it's not trying to like serve the audience or like make the audience happy it's more like how have we failed our characters and how can we turn that around and like in doing that you make the audience happy like I think a lot of not to drop any names but a lot of showrunners these days think of like catering to the audience as a weakness or like something Mm. to avoid but I think that when you know your show very well you just in turn automatically make your audience feel more more trusting of the story you're telling Mm -hmm. yeah right that's how i feel like with star trek discovery is like they they know and love their audience but they still want to craft a beautiful thing and those two things don't have to be separate yes they can exist together exactly so like they can like take the audience criticism of you know we want more queer characters we want more representation they'll be like okay here's a trans character here's a non-binary character here's like a queer found family and we'll be like thank you so much like thank you for appreciating us and loving us and not talking down to us and treating us like crap Mm -hmm. and i feel like lost also did that where it like deeply cared about its audience didn't write to their whims but also took into consideration what people want to see yeah that's why they did expose and then when people were like this sucks they were like okay we gave you a great (laughs) episode about exactly what you asked for but whatever exactly yeah exactly and that's kind of an example of like how the audience can like not react the way you want when you give them exactly what they want like i think there's a difference between giving the audience exactly what they want and giving them a good story and Mm -hmm. i think lost knows how to walk that line and like there is time there are definitely times where like that goes wrong Mm -hmm. like i would Mm -hmm. like i'm sure i'll get like roasted at the stake for this but like the reboot star wars movies are kind of proof of like what happens when you listen to the wrong voices in fandom and then just burn it all down and like she's right and she should say it yeah like it's just like if you listen to the toxicity and you're not like writing for your audience you're writing to spite your audience but you're actually doing their bidding that has a negative impact yeah and there's also like on the flip side 
it there's also it can also turn negative when like you just throw everything the audience wants like into your show like for no reason other than like it's yeah. the fact that it's what the audience wants yeah so i think there is definitely an art to finding that balance and i think lost does it uh spectacularly lost really benefited from the fact that the fourth wall hadn't broken yet yeah like yeah. i it lost ended right at the beginning of like the social media like cultural takeover right that's why you haven't seen a show like lost since then mm-hmm. like westworld can try but at the end of the day westworld's trying to fool its audience the entire time right mm-hmm. so like lost was really lucky in that it had a few voices for the fandom like joe garfine was one of them who knew who was a queer person who cared about things and like just really loved the show and could then communicate that and i think like there's value in that there's value in that fourth wall yeah and like that's why people are like well if lost was made today i'm like you can't make lost today we would we would have we would have so many like great you know queer representation and i know for a fact that damon would be like here you go and he would like really here's gay people yeah he would do it but i don't want lost right now because it just wouldn't be the same so many things would be would be different and go wrong so i'm happy with what we got oh yeah same it's one of those things where you don't need to do it again yeah yeah exactly and i feel that way also about like the battlestar galactica reboot like you did it once perfectly don't do it again yeah yeah exactly and like i think just everything about lost's timing like in the world is so critical to like its success and like why it resonates so hard like its relationship (laughs) like in terms of what it happened after like 9-11 is so important and after the Gulf War is so important and like those there's just so much of the show that would be lost if (laughs) that would be lost Uh. (laughs) if it was recreated in like today's landscape and yet like yeah yeah, it would probably be an awesome show but it would not be lost it would not be the same that's like it's those post 9-11 shows that you can't recreate again Mm -hmm. like lost and battlestar were airing at the same time and they had a lot of the same themes and they had a lot of the same commentary and like both have had talks of reboots and stuff and it's like you you can't do that because it's a different world exactly yeah if they did a lost reboot first of all damon and carlton said that they would not be a part of it so therefore i don't want anything to do with that if i and i would probably watch it but definitely not in a way that they would like have my numbers you know what i mean like i would i don't want them to think that lots of people would watch it because i don't want it so i'd like find some way to do it illegally that's why i struggle so much when people are constantly talking about different Battlestar things in production because I'm like it's not the same team it's not the same actors it already has a legacy don't touch it yeah and if you do touch it do it 20 years from now Mm -hmm. you know yeah so heading back into the story Claire is not feeling very well she didn't sleep very well she doesn't feel good Charlie offers to take the baby while she sleeps more good boyfriend behavior Mm -hmm. good job and so they put something in her while she was with them in season one we saw that in maternity leave and uh juliet says that it's like the thing that the or like the serum that she gave her and now she's having withdrawals but it's been like months it's been like two months since she had any of that and at the end ben says that they like activated the implant Mm -hmm. in her so what juliet says is actually not at all true okay yeah i was like a little confused on like the Mm -hmm. the like technicalities of it but yeah that makes sense that like this is literally just like yeah like a placebo that they can like activate to actually do things but I don't think, yeah, I don't think it has it. How terrifying is that? Horrible. And also 
also like that's actually incredibly interesting and I would would have been interested to see them like explore that a little more like mm-hmm. biochemical warfare like that's terrifying mm-hmm. I'm glad that Claire never learned that that happened because it's like th- you know this is the only time that they ever like activate the implant or whatever but like I would be so horrified to learn that there was something inside me that you would just turn on and I'm dead like that's where Republicans yeah. think the vaccine does yeah <laughs> I'm sorry. So they're like, you're yeah, not sorry. Terrifying. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> so sorry, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, and you should say it. Thank you. So Saeed is cutting trees with a full on machete and is just pissed off. Yo, careful with that. You almost got Kate in the face. <laughs> Be careful. Um, and Juliet's like, mm, they seem mad at me. Yeah, uh, you wonder why? Yeah. Jack's like, well, they'll come around eventually. And she's like, well, Saeed was chained up for three days and I dragged Kate into the jungle and lied about it. So, like, maybe it'll take a while. And he's like, well, when we get back in a couple hours, they'll be over by then. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, Jack, do you not care what Juliet did? Like, did that to Kate? Like, straight up tried to, like, Jack is, like, laughing about this thing that that happened when it was, like, dangerous. Jack's in denial 100% of the time about yeah. everything that happens. He's got, like, rose-colored glasses on for Juliet right now. And oh, he's just like, super. ha, she can do no wrong. Yeah. But super. I- why is it because she's pretty it's because she's pretty and because it's because she's pretty she was there for him like during this trauma response that he was part of and that kate like ran off of sawyer and he saw kate bone and sawyer in the cage and so he's like i need to move on hey here's a pretty lady (laughs) can you you know what that's it though yeah it's honestly like that's why jack and juliet don't work out and i think i can say that because it's like pretty obvious and clear oh 100 it's not gonna work out but like that's why it doesn't work out is because juliet's a rebound off of a relationship you didn't even have which and juliet does not want to be part of the rebound yeah like she it's one-sided no She's so not interested. Because she hasn't mentioned Goodwin this whole time. Literally. Like, Goodwin straight up died, and she doesn't talk about him. (laughs) Well, because she doesn't share any part of herself with these people that isn't calculated. Right. So Jack's like, are you nervous to meet everyone? And she says yes, which makes sense. So we get back to the beach. Charlie still has Aaron. Hurley is cooking. Charlie mansplains oatmeal to Hurley because he can't get rid of all of his bad traits. (laughs) Listen, he's doing his best. He's doing his best. So Sawyer calls them three men and a baby, um, which is... (laughs) Which is a 1987 American comedy film directed by Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. What? It was directed by Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy? What? Yeah. What couldn't he do? Yeah. And it stars Tom Selleck, Steve Guttenberg, and Ted Danson as three bachelors. Is it Gutenberg? It's Gutenberg. I don't know this man. I was going to let you do it. It's okay. Okay. Well, don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Everyone's going to be like, what an idiot. She doesn't know the Gutenbergs? Bro, no one knows the Gutenbergs. Of House Gutenberg? Um Anyway, they're three bachelors and they attempt to adapt their lives to de facto fatherhood with the arrival of the love child of one of the gentlemen. Which one? I haven't seen the film. I don't remember. I don't know, but I want to know. My mom loved the movie and we watched it a lot when I was a kid. So Sawyer, I guess, thought real hard about what would count as a nickname. (laughs) He he put work in. Yeah. He always does. He's He's like, it's not a name. It's just a reference. (laughs) It's not a name. It's just a reference. So he says he counted Hugo twice. Go for him. Yeah. So Claire asks for aspirin and on Lostpedia it said, Claire asks if anyone has any aspirin and that term is American and not Australian. She would likely have said, asked for a 
Panadol or a paracetamol. I was just going to I was going to say that one. The generic term aspirin is not part of the Australian culture. However, it is possible that Claire adopted the phrase from one of the other survivors. Yeah, that would make sense to me if uh, Claire was like, hey, can I have a paracetamol? And Zoya was like, a what now? (laughs) So then she just learned to say aspirin instead, I guess. I would have literally been like, can I get a painkiller? Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't need to be specific, you know? Any any old painkiller will do. Yeah. Hey, whoa, that's too much water. It's gonna be all soggy. Soap meal, dude. It's supposed to be soggy. Well, if it ain't three men and a baby. I count Hugo twice. A what? Come on, I used your name. Hey, does anybody know where there's any aspirin? Hey, Claire, you don't look so good. What are you doing up? You meant to be in bed. Yeah, no, I know. It's. My head's pounding. I got you covered. Two aspirin. Come right up. Thank you. So Desmond notices that she looks bad, and I'd be like, thanks. He's like, you don't look so great. She'd be like, well. Okay, thank you for the feedback. (laughs) So Sawyer immediately goes to get two for her, which is nice guy Sawyer, because he's taking his leadership role very seriously. He's actually doing a good job, to be honest with you. Exactly. He, like, doesn't even make any snarky comments. He's just like, yes, I have that in my stash, and I will get it right now. Oh, my God. The growth. You know what that is? Growth. Growth. Mm -hmm. Guys, we all said it. I'm so happy. We love to see it. So he sees Jack coming, and he's like, oh, damn. And so Jack comes as soon as Claire needs him. Wow. How could that possibly be a coincidence? Don't mistake coincidence for fate. Mm. (laughs) That's so true. But did Claire ever get her aspirin? Or did Sawyer get too distracted? Oh. Oh. Not that it would have helped much, but it's a question I have. Fully got too distracted. I mean, the instant look on his face. It's like like one second for like recognizing and recognizing and comprehending that like this is Jack and like, cool, he's back. But um, you just know instantly he's like, okay, but where's Kate? Like, like, where's Kate though? Yeah, he immediately yep. looks for her and he looks, and then when he sees her, he looks so relieved that she's not like dead. Oh my God, the relief on his face. You can literally see him exhale. Because Jack can't text him. He can't text anybody and be like, hey, how's Kate? He, oh my God. He has to wait for them to get back. You can literally, you can see like every like nerve in his body just like instantly relax when he sees her come around. He's been worried about her for like several days. Oh my God, I love them. So Sun calls everyone to them. There's a reunion. Jack's been gone for like multiple weeks. So everyone's like, oh, hey, Jack. Like this is the first time he's been on the beach since the season two. Oh, wow. Weird day. Yeah. So yeah, he's relieved to see that she's okay. And everybody hugs and everything. Jack and Sawyer like shake hands and then hug because it's the good ship Joyer. And then Kate watches Jack and Sawyer hug like, oof, gotta pick between these two, huh? (laughs) Which one's prettier right now? And last time they saw each other, Sawyer and Kate, they were fighting. But then there's just like the best hug of all time. I don't care what you ship, but you have to admit this hug is romantic as hell. It healed the world. It's yeah. such a good hug. It's it's the best. I think it's the best hug in the entire series. And I would simply die. Right? It's for it, a hug like that. Just it do be intimate. Yeah. It's it's everything that like a true hug is supposed to be it's like it's caring and it's tender and it's like i will i want to protect you and also thank you so much for like existing right here in this moment and like oh oh my god i could i it's incredible and just the relief on both of their faces and like he grabs her so hard it's like she ran to him you know yep 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 and i i could i could talk about the way that he just 
cradles her head and like refuses to let go of her. Oh my god, it's it's so beautiful. And she just like looks really like worried and nervous in the back and I'm like, "Um, appreciate it." I think like right before he like he and her hug, she's like, mm-hmm. "Like, we good, bro?" Like, wait, wait. Yeah, she doesn't know if they're still. Gonna... And then oh, yeah, and then <gasps> this is him saying, "I forgive you." <laughs> Wow. It just it says so much. Yeah. Oh, I I love it. And this this is definitely the reason why I picked this episode. Yeah. For sure. And Casey, did you notice this? But then Sawyer sees Juliet and is like, what the heck is she doing here? But as Kate's turning, he keeps his hand on her waist. Did you notice that? Excuse me? Yeah. Excuse me? How did I I miss that? I know. It's great. Uh, okay. I'm gonna instantly go back and watch that. I don't know how I missed that. I think I just got too distracted with, like, Juliet's presence, which, I mean. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As you guys know, Schooliet. I mean, the tension here. Ugh. Ugh. Iconic. So then everyone just, like, looks over and stares at her and they're like, what? There's an other here. You know, it's like, Sawyer knows what she looks like, but everyone else is like, who is this random blonde woman? And they're probably like, how is she so beautiful? After being covered in mud. Yeah, whoa. She looks great. <laughs> That's what everyone's thinking. Oh my god. She looks amazing. She looks amazing. That's what I would be thinking. If I was one of those survivors, yeah. I'd be like, is she single? <laughs> Jack's like, no, she's under my protection. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Remember earlier when we were telling stories about our sisters? Uh-huh. And I was like, my sister always FaceTimes me from the bathroom. Yeah. She also now posts on Instagram from the bathroom. Mm. So just, that's my sister in a nutshell. So now it's, it, you know, you don't have to hide it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So a little bit later, everybody's talking about Juliet and she's sitting alone on the beach. Hurley comes over. She introduces herself and he's like, oh, hey, are you one of them? And she's like, I'm Juliet. So she doesn't say, yes, I'm one of them. She just, she says, this is a completely new statement. I'm Juliet. I love that. Like, because she, she does not think of herself as like one of them. Like, even though she like technically is, and even though she doesn't want them to know that, like, even like the, this entire plan aside, she doesn't consider herself an other or like one of them or one of Ben's people. Like she has said from the get go that like, she will never fit in with those people and she doesn't want to. Like it's part of her plan to make them think that she's one of them, but also she wants to be one of them. Right, right. So, so every coin, every side of the coin of this statement makes sense. I just, I love it. So it's her first time meeting Hurley, but I guess she would know all of them, like all about all of them. Well, she's probably studied them each. Like her mind is a Rolodex right now about all of these people that she's seen a rolling uh, yeah i can't imagine like not having like a notebook like right exactly all right this is uh oh hurley i can't imagine having a memory uh, right so he's like i don't remember you from the dock and she's like haha yeah i had the day off slash haha yeah i wasn't casted yet hilarious i love the day off hilarious i love her responses oh my god so they both smile because haha it was a joke yeah and so he's like oh are you a doctor and she's like i'm more like a researcher however we see her do a lot of doctor things Mm. throughout the run of this show and then there's just like a weird pause there and she's like okay so you're here to watch me and he's like yeah and she's okay with that she's like okay all right fine fine. Uh, because she's not planning on doing anything right so this doesn't like foil any of her plans or anything yeah if anything like someone watching her will make her less suspicious to anyone else Mm -hmm. and so he's like yeah it's just that ethan was the last one here and he was like really bad (laughs) so he tells her where they buried him which is not on Boone Hill with all the other survivors. 
or survivors who then died and are no longer survivors. All the other zombies, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, looks over and she was, like, actively friends and colleagues with Ethan. So she's like, um, yeah. Right. Like, do we think that she, like, went... Did, did she know he was dead? Yeah, for sure. Okay. She had to know he was dead. I'm wondering yeah. if, like, she went over and, like, paid her respects. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I always got the vibe, like, especially in the flashbacks that she thought Ethan was... um Kind of weird. Insane and creepy because he was. Yeah. But I think like also like in the operating room scene like she also had some respect for him so i want to know like if she if she like went over there it's interesting because before the plane crash it seems like the only one of her like friends and colleagues that would die was because they would get pregnant and they would die right so that was upsetting obviously yeah but now that the people have come back you know she's lost ethan she's lost goodwin it's like so many of these people that she knew are dying because of of these people and yet she hates them so much that she's like willing to come and be friends with these people who are the reasons that her colleagues died well because she was colleen sorry colleen also died but she was also forced to be friends with those people because she was trapped there so she probably doesn't feel a lot of loyalty towards them they were for they were you know tentative friendships or relationships formed under duress yeah right goodwin goodwin didn't act like she's like i have fun with goodwin but he means nothing to me he's he is just a uh, means to an end. Yeah, I think that's kind yeah. of how she is with like, yeah, with like everyone there. Because she mm-hmm. never, like after six months, she did not want to be there. And yeah. she probably did not care about her relationships with those people at all because they were all complacent in keeping her there against her will. She's like, my contract is up. I have finished my transaction with you. But there's no way for her to be like, they went against the contract on this deserted island. Like there's no way for her to be like, like she's genuinely trapped. Mm-hmm. She has no way to be like hey they have to let me go because i signed this thing there are no lawyers on the island (laughs) there's no lawyers here she's like i'm not here to make friends i'm here to be america's next top model yeah exactly yeah it's like it's funny because they're like we have multiple doctors we have a torturer we have a con we have multiple um uh prisoners like criminals we have a construction man and michael we have like we have lots of different things but no lawyers thank god i work with lawyers all day it's terrible they're like you know what? we don't need those yeah. Lawyers are the worst. Dave listening to this. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Dave's a good type of lawyer. Yeah. It's okay. Dave's actually trying to help people. Yeah. Um, Dave and I had lunch together today and I got to meet his adorable little daughter. So Dave knows he's a good one. It's true. I think that Dave hasn't been on this Lost podcast. So if this is the only one you listen to, you're like, who's, who's Dave? Dave? <laughs> we talk about Dave and our like Riverdale Dave, podcast. Dave is like our one dude friend. <laughs> Dave is like our, like, you know how like all gay people have like their one straight friend? Mm-hmm. Dave is our one dude straight friend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we support him. So now we go into this big group scene. I love these group scenes. I love when they're all together. And Jack asks everyone to trust Juliet. And Sun's like, I don't think so. She's literally one of them. Um, And he's like, well, not anymore because they ditched her. Jack, do you consider that this is a trick? (laughs) He does not consider because he trusts Juliet so much. No. Just because Juliet also wants to leave doesn't mean that she's not still under Ben's bidding. Like she still wants to leave and Ben's the one who can let her leave. So it makes sense that she would still be doing Ben's bidding, but he hasn't put that together. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So Jack tells Charlie that he doesn't know where they went, like where the others went. Sawyer wants to ask Juliet, but Jack says that she doesn't know. He's just trusting that she doesn't know. Sawyer wants Saeed to torture her and Saeed's like, oh no, I don't do that anymore. And Sawyer's like, well, that's convenient that you would do it to me and then no more. Okay, I'm the last one. Great. (laughs) Only when it's against me. Thank you. He's like, me and then retirement? Okay. (laughs) Cool. Me and then 
retirement. Yeah. Oh my god. So Saeed still doesn't trust Juliet. She won't answer any of his questions, and that's because he'll kill her. Um, Claire comes up, and Charlie goes to see her. Jack says that Juliet is scared, and Saeed's like, "Well, how long do I have to wait to get my answers?" And Jack's like, "Well, it should be enough that I, Jack, trust her." Trust her? She's one of them. Exactly. Not anymore. Yeah. Left her behind. Oh yeah, where'd they go? I told you. I don't know. Maybe we better ask her. She doesn't know either. Well, here's a wacky idea. Let's sick a resident Iraqi on her. Let him do what he does and see what she says. No, I don't do that anymore. Well, ain't that convenient. But I don't trust her, Jack. If she's so innocent, why won't hey. she answer our questions? Let's give her some time. She's afraid. How much time? Look, the fact that I trust her should be enough. It's not. I you haven't been here for a while. I respect Saeed and Saeed alone. Yeah. To his face, it's just like, I don't believe you and I don't trust your judgment. He's like, literally, what does that mean to me? Why Why would I trust you after you went to hang out with yeah. the others and you will not give any as an answer as to why? I watched you play football with Tom Friendly and you want me to trust you? I don't know, man. Exactly. Ugh, Jack's entitlement. I just can't. It should be enough that I trust her. On what grounds, sir? This way, bitch! Yeah. <laughs> so then Desmond asks about his friend, the box man, and Jack says that he went with them after destroying the sub, and Hurley's like, huh? Because I, I don't think any of them really knew You're that like, there was a sub. Sorry, what sub? Yeah. And so Sawyer's like, oh, were you going to leave? And he's like, yeah, Ben said I could leave. And he's like, right after you saved Ben's life. And Kate's like, okay, Sawyer, that's enough. And it's like, no, 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 let him speak. No, yeah, I think Sawyer has a right. Yeah. No, no, continue. So Sawyer's like, well, you should have let Ben die. And Juliet pipes in like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Juliet was like, that was actually the plan, believe it or not. Yeah. And then Sawyer and Juliet are like, maybe we're made for each other. Huh. Hmm. That's a concept. Interesting. Hey, just consider this. Sawyer and Juliet. Hmm. And Kate's like, hey, 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 stop stealing all my love interests. Stop it. <laughs> and Juliet sweeps in. She's like, I got them both. Yeah. Kate's like, but I wanted Juliet. Yeah. I was just going to say, Kate and Juliet should just kiss. That would solve so many problems. That was last episode. Last episode was the moment. Oh, God. Oh, yep. so good. So Kate's like, Jack, or Sawyer, stop yelling at Jack because everything that Jack did was to help me and you. Like, we wouldn't have gotten away if he hadn't done that. And Sawyer's like, no, he did it for himself to get off the island. And Jack's like, do you want to fight? I cannot believe I hugged you before. It's cannot believe I hugged you. Couldn't be me. Bold of Kate be saying that when she's the one who knows like from Juliet that the actual reason Jack did that was because he was so hurt right yep but like in this moment she's coming to his aid and being like no no he did it for us but even Sawyer is like mm -hmm. mm, don't think so because if she had said that to Sawyer and be like no Jack did that because he wanted to leave because he was hurt Sawyer would have been like lol <laughs> <laughs> I hope he was impressed <laughs> by our form I liked it. Yeah. So Sawyer's like, why are you fighting all of us on this and helping her? Like, where does your loyalty lie? That's why Saeed doesn't think that your that your judgment is good because you're fighting all of these people who are your friends and love you and you're standing up for her. So Charlie, of course, is not paying attention. He's watching Claire. Um, and Jack's like, well, I was trying to get them res get all of you guys rescued. Claire spits up blood. Charlie calls for Jack. Um, he says that she started feeling bad this morning. Has she been drinking up enough? I think so. Juliet comes over and asks Son what happened to her. As if you don't know. She's a very good actress. Very true. Yeah. She's so earnest. And I think I said this last episode, but like, it is 
uh, interesting when you get to see a actor who's playing a character who's also good at lying. Yes. Or, or is also a good actor. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. And Juliet's so good because you can tell that, like, despite what she's doing, you can tell she genuinely cares, like, about people. And, like, mm-hmm. she, like does want to make sure that like she helps claire and like yeah she doesn't die accidentally like in the midst of this whole plan that they have like she cares about the pregnant women Mm -hmm. and she wants to like i don't want her to keep keep uh like experimenting on claire or anything but she just really doesn't want to lose another patient and she considers claire her patient yep right Right, absolutely. So Jin must have understood what Juliet said because I think he probably hears the sentence what happened to them a lot. And Sun translates what Jin said, which is what do you care? The actual translation of what he said is what does it matter? But so true. Same energy. Yeah. I love this moment because Jin totally just said that under his breath, right? He didn't mean, <laughs> he knew that Juliet wasn't going to understand him and he didn't really mean for her to hear it. And Sun's just Sun's just a stone cold bitch and is just like, I'll say that out loud. <laughs> I love to her face yeah it's so good and Jin is picking up so much English mm-hmm. so like he's understanding it so well like even yeah. if he's still struggling with speaking it yeah he's picking up so much like from what he hears around him and it's nice to get to see him like less confused when things are happening around him and more like mm-hmm. yeah oh this is happening and now I understand and I can uh, process things like as quickly as everyone else is processing them like he's not finding out things like hours later when Sun catches him up on everything that's right. going on like he's really and comprehension always comes first so that totally yeah. makes sense yeah I love it. I love that he is able to like comment on things because he's pretty funny. I mean, you know, we see him in the um he is flashbacks funny. and he Oh my god, he's hilarious. He has those witty like uh clapbacks that we don't get to see because he doesn't understand what's going on. So it's nice to get to, to see that. He's so funny. So Kate leaves, Juliet asks Kate to go get Jack, and she's like, why? Because she knows what's wrong with Claire, because she did it to her. So she's coming clean to save. Claire's life because you know at first you think because you don't know that this is part of the plan you're like oh she's now that she sees it in person and how much they like love and care about Claire and the fact that she has a baby gotta help her right and so I was like was it part of the plan what part of Ben's plan that she like admit this and that it was like kind of her fault I think yes right yes absolutely oh yeah I think fully and then I was like or was it supposed to be that she was like meant to show up and help not necessarily say that she was like the reason it happened no I think it was part of Ben's plan because I think Ben took a gamble on the fact that Maybe if they didn't like it, they'd kill Juliet. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, right. And I think Juliet knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- yeah, I, yeah, because I think, you know, it, you know, she's coming clean and everything, just trying to like build more and more trust, being like, hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it carries more weight saying that she's both the reason that it's happening and that she has the power to stop it because it also like purse not personalizes what am i trying to say humanizes kind of humanizes kind of like raises the stakes like Mm. if juliet was like willing to hurt claire but now she's willing to help her like i think that helps kind of gain people's trust and Mm -hmm. kind of sets her like intentions like in a more trustworthy place i don't know if that makes sense 
No, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Kate does get Jack to Juliet. Um, Sawyer and Saeed are both watching this and they both agree that they don't like it. Juliet says that she is, that Claire is reacting to a medication that they gave her to help her in the late stages of her pregnancy because women usually die before then. Uh, Juliet designed it herself because women can't have babies here, which is like, I think this is the first episode that we're actually like genuinely learning that. Oh yeah. yeah like this is why Juliet's here. Mm-hmm. Women can't have babies here. The body turns on the pregnancy like a foreign invader. And so Kate automatically looks at Sun because she knows that Sun is pregnant. And so everyone has died until Claire because she conceived off island. In the flashbacks, Juliet says she thinks it starts at conception. So the fact that she conceived off island is the reason why she was able to carry to term. And I'm like, have we considered that it's not a woman's problem? Maybe it's a men on the island's problem. Mike drop. You know, like maybe it's a maybe maybe it's not what's happening to the women's body, but it's something that's happening to like sperm. Oh, true. Theori- I, yeah, theoretically, if the sperm was, I guess, mutated or something. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm just saying that we're we're putting this on a, a lot of women. Yeah, and like, why is it so? I guess like they kind of explore this later, like mm. in the series. But why is it mm. so important to try and figure out why women can't have babies on this one little random island that like no one can even find in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it more worth it to have so many pregnant women die, like in the name of trying to find out what's up mm-hmm. with this island? Like, exactly. I think yeah. In the in the flashbacks, he's like, oh, Sabine chose to be pregnant. She's the one who like knew it was a risk or whatever. So I'm like, so are you forcing this on people, or are people um, like, are you bringing people here to get pregnant so you can? <laughs> experiment on them or are people here for other reasons and then when they happen to get pregnant then they become an experiment it's that one yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's i that still one. hate it though yeah, yeah. no it's bad mm-hmm. i'm like why are we not ha- like however i totally agree because why are we not just handing out iud's and birth control rather than like just letting it happen and if it happens you die i right. think some people genuinely wanted to start families yeah but like at at that point, with all of the history of all these other women, get off the island because Ben only seems to care that Juliet Juliet here. stays. Everyone else is like, okay, well, leave. Yeah, Richard's allowed so, to leave. Ethan's allowed to leave. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's like, li- he literally says that he's willing to go through as many women as it takes to like mm-hmm. find a solution rather yeah. than just saying, hey, maybe um the cost of life is too much to try and figure mm-hmm. this out. Yeah. Like just keep bringing people then. You don't need to create new others. Just come and go, go get other ones. Just recruit pregnant ones. Yeah. Or take them off island and sem- get pregnant there. Bring them back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what Juliet said. That's what Juliet's trying to do. Exactly. But but Ben doesn't want Juliet to do do that. I'm like, well, then get someone else to do it. Yeah, exactly. So she says that Ethan started taking blood samples from Claire and, you know, that's what the needle was in 110. And she's saying this to Jack and Jack remembers, oh yeah, when I didn't believe her and thought she was going crazy. When I said that she was crazy. Yeah. So I hope that he keeps feeling bad for that one. He should. Sorry. Her symptoms were consistent with the other women. We didn't want to kidnap her. We were administering these injections to help her. But then you found out he wasn't one of you. So then Ethan was like, oopsies. Uh, So like the kidnapping stuff, that was all Ethan. That was all him. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, he did take it a little too far. Yeah, just just a smidge. But she's like, Claire would have died without that medication, so it was important, and now she's going through withdrawal, which I don't think is true because it was like an implant or something. And it's been a really long time. Unless it was an implant that was consistently dealing out something. Right, and it's like, ran out, I guess. But they said activated, so maybe they like turned it off? I don't know. I don't know how much of this implant crap I yeah, believe to it be It doesn't matter, yeah. So she's like, I can fix this. I can go get some serum where Ethan stashed it. And Kate's like not super sure about it. But Jack tells her to go. 
I also kind of felt like in that moment, Kate was expecting Jack to be like, no, or like, Kate and I will go and get it. Like, I think she- Right, or like, we'll send somebody else to go- Yeah, I think she's kind of taken aback, at least like from the look on her face. I think she's kind Mm -hmm. of taken aback when Jack is like, okay, because she's so used to her and Jack, like kind of being on the same page with stuff. And now like ever since they were kidnapped, it's like, they're so out of sync. Yeah, and I, you know, that, that totally makes sense because I was like, the two facial expressions that she does on either side of Jack saying yes to that- are they sort of don't go together because her first one is like well we definitely need to do this jack uh, because we don't want to say we don't want to kill claire right Mm -hmm. and then on the other side of it she's like wait what really and i was like those two don't go together but that makes total sense if she was like okay jack we do need to have this done but we need to think of a different way because we can't just send her alone right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then on the other side is her being surprised that he's sending her alone exactly yeah i think I think that's exactly it. And I think, um, what what's her name? Evie. Um, I think she's like, I just thought about that moment a lot. Like, I think she's just very good in that one little mm-hmm. second where she's like, wait, Jack, you did not just say yes to that, did you? Right, yeah. So Juliet goes, finds the tree, finds the case. She's going to open it. And I notice that the tree is marked with a, maybe not the exact same, but a very similar mark that's branded onto Juliet's lower back. Oh, it is kind of similar. Like the one that she got. But Saeed and Sawyer followed her and she's like, it's for Claire. Jack already knows about it. And they're like, well, to be honest, we don't really care what Jack thinks. Um, We were really put off by that. Um, She's under my protection comment. Um, <laughs> Also, he's been gone a while. Yeah, so, so we didn't even know that guy. We kind of answered a Sawyer now. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Even Saeed is like, yeah, I'm with Sawyer on this one. It's so good. So Sawyer opens it. He does find that it is medical supplies. And so Saeed's like, earlier you said that I would kill you if I knew everything. So let's see if that's true. And she's like, we don't have time to talk. Claire is dying. And Sawyer's like, mm, I got time. You I got, got time, Saeed. I got the time. Saeed, I got time. You got time. <laughs> we cleared our schedules. Yeah. Saeed's like, mm, yeah, I got time. Let's do it. So Juliet said, mm, how about a power move? Why are you two the moral police? So she knows good. How many people Saeed has tortured? And she says, do they know about Basra? So let me talk to you about Basra. Okay. Um, it's a city in Iraq. Okay. Um, it was never revealed what he did specifically there, but there's a historical thing that happened there that is likely what she's referring to. So here's what I got on Basra. Okay. In 1991, after the first Persian Gulf War, Basra was the site of widespread revolt against Saddam Hussein, which was very violently suppressed. Given that Saeed was known to serve both during and after the Gulf War, this is the most likely incident for him to have been a part of. In 1999, a second revolt took place, leading to mass executions in Basra. In 2003, during the invasion of Iraq, Basra was invaded by Allied forces and occupied mainly by British troops. Basra was the site of a major revolt against, uh, and then this is a separate thing, that it was a site of major revolt against Saddam Hussein in 1991, which was put down with heavy force. There was another revolt in 1999, but Saeed had left Iraq by 1997. Oh. So he was probably, he was part of the one in, in 1991. But he wasn't part of the several ones after. Yeah, for sure. But either way, it was terrible. Bad things happened there. So she's like, Saeed, do they know about the all the terrible crap that you've pulled? And yeah, Sawyer, I'm sure you like told everybody about Frank Duckett as soon as you got here. Hmm. That man that you killed. So also on Lastpedia, it said, Juliet says that Sawyer killed a man in cold blood the night before he boarded the plane. But Sawyer was in, in a Sydney jail under arrest for a bar fight the night before the flight. Um, he actually killed Duckett in cold blood a week before he boarded the plane. So that was just an oops. Yeah, happens. You know what? Julia can't remember every single thing that she learned. This is true. She yeah. she has so much to think about and so much knowledge to store. Things happen. So she's like, you two are the last people that should be pretending to be righteous right now. If I could pick anybody, any two people in that camp who have the least 
reason to be righteous, it would be you two. So it's real funny that you're here right now. It's true. This is so good. It's so good. So she's like, you're going to let me save Claire now because you guys don't need more blood on your hands. It's fantastic. Great scene. Great monologue. Incredible. You know, it's interesting that you two are now the camp's moral police. I'm curious. Saeed, how long was it before you told everyone on that beach exactly how many people you've tortured in your life? Do they know about Basra? And I'm sure the first thing you did when you got here, James, was to gather everyone in a circle and tell them about the man you shot in cold blood the night before you got on the plane. So why don't we just skip the part where you two pretend to be righteous? I'm taking that medication back to Claire. And you're going to let me. Because if she doesn't get it, she's going to die. And the last thing that either of you need right now more blood on your hands and Sawyer's literally just so like stunned by the way that he was just read to filth that he fully just lets her take the case like without any hesitation without any pushback yep. it's so good and that's why oh this is why I just love Juliet so much because like even though she's like kind of playing a part right now she's also like she's not afraid to just tell things like they are and she just, oh, she's so good. I just love the tension that she brings to every single story that she enters. It's mm-hmm. it's iconic, frankly. It's also that like Sawyer and Saeed are also learning those things that she's mentioning about each other as well. Oh, fully. Which I think is funny. It's just like, Sawyer's like, oh crap. Like he probably doesn't know anything about Basra because like it said, it was heavily suppressed. So he might not know, even know about it, but he'd be like, oh, Saeed's done some stuff. He's tortured a lot of people. And Saeed's like, Sawyer killed a man. Yeah. They're still learning. Jeez. They're all still learning so much about each other. Like Locke Mm -hmm. last episode, last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He like just learned that Kate had done some uh, really shady things before Mm -hmm. the island. Like they're still learning so much about each other. And most of them still don't know that Locke was in a wheelchair. Yeah. And Juliet knows all of that. And that's just like the way she's inserted into the story, knowing all of that is just, it's Mm -hmm. so cool. It's such a cool like storytelling tool. And it's such a cool way for a character to like be introduced into a group of people. Mm -hmm. So Juliet gets back. Um, Charlie doesn't want her to touch Claire, but Jack's like, just let her. And (laughs) Charlie's like, what? Why? And he's like, well, I trust her. Do you trust me? And Charlie's like, I mean, no. Yeah, I guess I trust you, but that still doesn't really make me feel better. Um, So Charlie leaves and Juliet's like, well, she should be better in a few hours. Jack's like, listen, if this doesn't work, you're on your own. Like no one is ever going to trust you. And she's like, I'm already on my own. Because also, Jack, I don't think you understand, but you don't have as much control over these people as you think you do. He needed to hear that. Yeah, and she's fully seeing that. She is fully seeing that right now. She doesn't even tell him about Saeed and Sawyer, but she's basically like, I'm already on my own. And if Jack was a person who wanted to put thought into that, then he would, but he doesn't. (laughs) So, yeah. Jack's like, hmm, I will not examine this comment at all. Yeah. So Charlie sleeps holding Aaron and Claire's hands, which is sweet. It's very sweet. Claire wakes up and she's like, yo, what happened? And then they just like smile together that she's like, okay, and awake. 
I'm like, okay. Oh, Charlie's smile in that moment is so sweet. It's so precious. I've said it before. I think it was in part Avion or whatever, but like when Dom has the opportunity to do, to be like that romantic lead, he does it and he does a good job. He does it so good. And like, it's like this kind of moment that just reminds you like how much he truly cares about Claire. Cause like mm-hmm. so much of their story feels like very Aaron centered a lot of the time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. makes sense because, you know, baby important needs caring. And so much of their story is about like creating tension or trying to bring Charlie like whole addiction like back into the mix but in like moments like these where you're just allowed to see like how much they actually care about each other and like the history there like all in just one look it's so sweet and it just reminds me how much I really love them yeah so in the last scene uh Jack goes to see Juliet and he's like hey there's a place that you can set up the camp uh Claire's awake so everyone said that you can stay there and she's like okay thanks and so Jack says they're all really good people they want to believe in the good in you but eventually they are gonna need those answers and Juliet's like well how come like I don't ever need to give those answers to you like why do I need to tell them if I don't have to tell you what a great question julia (laughs) and so he's like i was there when the sub exploded and so were you and so i know that you want to leave the same amount if not more than i do so that makes you one of us aka the people who want to leave the island so that means that Locke is one of them it's solid logic though like i get it Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i mean i think a lot of his feelings for julia are wrapped up like in the fact that like they were both instantly bonded like by realize like having their hope taken away from them like in front of their mm-hmm. eyes and I think Jack is very much in kind of imposing a lot of his feelings like on Juliet and thinking like well that was traumatic for both of us uh so we're in this together now but mm-hmm. Juliet is she's so complex and she is always thinking so many more steps ahead that like she does not see it the same way that he does i wonder if jack thought that when he and juliet left the island that like even though jack lives in la and julia every juliet's whole life is in miami that like they would continue to keep working on this together and that she would like help him find his friends like did he like probably have that like romantic idea that like they were gonna like possibly be together and like work on this together and like live together and do all of this together like i don't know maybe that's my headcanon that he's like doing that because he had this reality that he had made up for the future that didn't happen yeah and in reality julia would have never done that she would have been like no "No, i never want to go near that place again yeah and she'd be like i'm going to go hang out with my sister bye yeah see you later dude so like if he really knew Juliet, he would understand that's why she wants to get off the island. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. they don't have the same intentions. Like, yes, they both want to leave, but for very different reasons. And I also think like kind of intrinsically, Jack does not want to leave. I I don't think he's fully thought about like what he would be going back to Mm -hmm. if he were to leave. So I think he, he thinks that him and Juliet have the same intentions and therefore have a very strong relationship that no one else really understands right now. But it, that's all just stuff he's making up in his head, I think. Right. And she like has to look straight into his eyes and see the fact that she has completely bamboozled him Yep, and that she is straight up lying to him, not wanting to lie to him, but knowing that she is. And it hurts her feelings to know that she is hurting him. Yeah. And then eventually she's going to have to tell him the truth. Yeah. But basically it's like, if I do this, will Ben let me go? Like, is this another thing that Ben 
promised, if you do this, I'll let you go. Because now before it was like both of us get to go. And now she, this is more evidence that she would just leave Jack as soon as she got back to the, to the real world. Because she's like, listen, if only one of us can go, it's going to be me. Yep. Yeah. And uh, like, she's, and I respect that fair for that. Like she's valid for that. Like she doesn't know these people. She doesn't know Mm -hmm. Jack, you know? Yeah. I mean, she knows everything that she needs to know about Jack, but she doesn't care about him. Like there's no real mm-hmm. solid relationship there yet. Um, yeah. At least not yet. So Juliet starts putting up her tent and she sees that Claire is okay. She smiles to Jack and she starts tying the knot. And the knot of course makes a uh, figure eight. Uh, oh. yeah. bum, 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 bum. So true. And um, that is the Island storyline. I loved her. So before we move on to the flashbacks, we are going to talk a little bit about Patreon. Patreon? What the heck is that? So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. And we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And there are several really cool things that you can get on there. No way. Like what? Well, at the $1 tier, these are monthly donations, by the way, at the $1 tier, you get early access to every single one of our podcasts. This one comes out a whole week in advance every single time. Let me just say, as someone who's super impatient, it's worth it. Great. And at the $2 level, you get access to our Discord server where we talk about each of our podcasts and sometimes other stuff too. Oh my God, it's so fun. (laughs) At the $5 level, you get 10% off at shopulux.com, which is where Brittany sells some of her really cool stuff. I also sell some stuff, but it's on Etsy. Oh wait, is that new? Um, yeah, because uh, her shop got shut down yesterday because of one of my designs. So <gasps> no. now I can't be what? on there anymore. No. Yeah, they made her take down all the embroideries. <gasps> no. What? Yeah. So, no. yeah. Actually, that's kind of crazy. I just got an email from Shopify saying that I need to, like, like, I could be in violation of, like, branding or, like, trademark things. Yeah. And I need to, like, change them. <gasps> no. So, yeah. She got it back now, but all my stuff is gone. So, oh, we don't love that. I have some lost stuff, but on my Etsy, uh, it's uh, just hi birdie. Um, so you can grab a couple of lost stuff on there, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm still working on trying to get that to work. And if you get five percent off, the, and you you will get five percent off there too. I just have to figure out how to do that first. Um, and then my personal favorite is the ten dollar level, which is the Patreon only podcast called Okay Love You Hi. Every two weeks, we talk for like forty five minutes about whatever we want, and we take suggestions, and it's awesome. It's so fun. It's just, it's literally just like being with my friends and I really love it. I love it. I really like being on it too because um, we just get to talk whatever we want and it's really fun. It's the best. It's, it's literally paying to hang out with my friends and it's, I enjoy doing that. Yeah. I did also want to mention that this is our last episode of the year, like I said. And so if you guys want to get our yearly Patreon postcard, you guys are going to want to become a patron uh, by the end of the year. We write on it and we say how much we love you and think you're great. It's true. Yeah. And uh, so that goes out and you'll be getting the five-year anniversary postcard. Five years? Five years. Five years. Shut the front door. Um, so there are some Isn't people, that weird? There are some people who have collected all of the four iterations before now. I am some people. I am some yeah. people. That's so, crazy. Oh my God. It's a collection, really. So you guys are going to want to join. I think that we'll probably be selling them on shopulux.com again afterwards, all of our extra ones. If you guys want to grab some, I think it's for like, I think we sell them for like $5 and no shipping and because it's just like a stamp. Uh, and we'll write something nice to you if even if and it's $5 Canadian, yes. which is like 
350 American. Yeah. So like, oh, God, I know it hurts you guys, but God, mm-hmm. I love, I, I thrive. Yeah. I know. On the US to Canadian conversion rate. Oh my God. So now we're going to move on to flashbacks. And the flashbacks are a whole uh, half of the episode. So to break in Casey as a host, uh, Brittany's going to do half and uh, Casey's going to do half. And Brittany did the first half. I sure did the first half. I want you to know that the reason this came about is because uh robin said well richard's in the first half and i said that's great because i have a new appreciation for richard albert because i watched Bates motel you're valid thank you okay so juliet and her sister rachel rachel that's not it actually i'm actually nailing this so far <laughs> i'm just gonna go with it keep it in meet up with richard and ethan rachel <laughs> i said it that time yeah. rachel can't go with juliet to the to sorry not to wherever she's going so they say goodbye thinking that they won't be parted for long rachel tells juliet that her cancer is cured and that juliet can totally do this because rachel is the world's best hype woman juliet promises to be back before rachel's baby is born and i am big sad they go inside and richard like blatantly announces he's about to drug juliet and like to her face ethan says it's for the best because the trip will be rough it's all part of her new weird job girl i would be running in the other direction instead she chugs it passes out and wakes up strapped to a bed in a submarine molly you in danger girl they arrived at the island she exits the sub and is greeted by ben which is a rough day all around a few months later juliet is distraught as a pregnant woman dies on her operating table she explains to ben that she thinks the pregnancies on the island go wrong at conception she can't be sure and wants to take one of the pregnant women back to miami but ben won't let her juliet wants to go home and see her sister before her niece is born ben tells her the baby won't be born because rachel's cancer cancer is back and she doesn't even have three months to live he has the papers to prove it he tells juliet he has a way for rachel to be cured but only if juliet agrees to stay on the island you know like an asshole juliet says they could just bring rachel there since no one has cancer on the island and ben is like no and jacob will handle it don't you have faith in him yeah yeah and then casey did the other half i sure did am i doing that now yeah <gasps> oh 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 god i okay let me pull it up. This was really nerve wracking. I've only done like one other summary before and it was for Riverdale and like that shows chaotic. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I could just say a bunch of random words and it would probably make sense with what goes with the plot. So um, this Jughead got rabies. Anything goes in Riverdale. Yeah. Excuse me? Oh my God, he did. Are you not caught up on Riverdale? He did. Yeah, Jughead yeah. totally got rabies. I was like, aren't you, don't you know what's happening? Jughead not only got rabies, he survived rabies, which is unsurvivable if untreated. (laughs) He sure did. He sure did. God, I can't believe that's a real show. Okay. Anyway, for more content like that, listen to our Riverdale podcast. You don't even have to watch the show. Honestly, it's better if you don't. Uh, Yeah, as someone who started only listening to the Riverdale pod and not watching the show, I can confirm it's a great experience and I probably should have continued with that. (laughs) Uh, But alas. Okay. Summary. Okay. Juliet sits in bed contemplating life and eating ice cream, and honestly, I relate. It's revealed that she's there with Goodwin, and the two of them definitely just got frisky together. She tells Goodwin that tomorrow will mark three years of her being on the island. She gets a knock at the door. Carl developed x-rays of Ben's spine for her, and she's immediately concerned and goes to bring them to Ben's house. He's reading Carrie, Juliet's choice for book club, and is a super jerk about her picking it, but Juliet doesn't really care because she's more worried about what she just found out. She tells Ben that he has a tumor, which surprises him and pisses off Juliet, because if he can cure cancer like he supposedly 
cured Rachel's, why does he have a tumor? He truly does not seem to know or understand and Juliet gets hella upset because she takes this to mean that Ben lied to her about curing Rachel. She yeets a glass out of his hand and yells at Ben, calling him a liar and demanding to talk to Rachel, but Ben says no. Juliet breaks down and sobs, begging to go home and shatters all of our hearts. The next scene we see is Juliet's iconic cold open from 301, picking up right after Ben says that he guesses he's out at the book club. He brings Juliet to the flame where Mikhail briefs Ben on everything he knows so far about Oceanic 815, but that's not the only reason he's there. He radios Richard, who's streaming live from a playground in Miami, where we see Rachel with her two-year-old son, Julian. Oh my god. Okay, initiate tears. Okay. Ben reveals that Rachel suddenly went into into remission before giving birth and, as promised, has been healthy ever since. After all, Ben is a lot of things, but not a liar. Uh, yeah, that's a real cute. <laughs> Maybe. Mm, we'll, we'll discuss that. Juliet sobs as she watches her sister and her nephew before the screen goes black, and she once again begs Ben to let her leave. He refuses to let her go until her work is finished and says they'll find more mothers if they have to. Who knows? Maybe there's even one on that plane that just fell out of the sky. Lastly, we flash between the past and the present as Juliet and Ben have a conversation on the night the others left their village. The two of them go over the entire plan for Juliet to infiltrate the survivor's camp, and it's revealed that all of Juliet's actions have been carefully orchestrated since the moment she drag Kate into the jungle. Ben tells Juliet that they've activated an implant in Claire that will make her sick so that by the time Juliet arrives at their camp, she'll be able to gain everyone's trust by healing her. He hands Juliet a gas mask and says that he'll see her in a week. Bum, bum, bum. It was hard to not be able to talk about that last episode. We had to like keep that yep. in the spoiler section, the fact that like None uh, of this is real. That, like Juliet did this on purpose. She was not left alone or like left behind. Ha <laughs> ha. So it was so good. Except that I kind of I like I said this is like my third rewatch, so I'm like watching it like in real time, and I kind of forgot like the specifics about like this whole plan. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like not like watching it for the first time. It was like watching it for the third time, uh, like watching it play out in real time. But yeah. it's so good, and Juliet is like such a phenomenal liar, <laughs> and I love her. Yeah. I already, like, immediately starting these flashbacks, I'm like, I already have, like, deep, sad thoughts, which is that, like, so she and Rachel drive up to the security gates, and they're listening to downtown. Hold on, my dog's being horrible. No, he's not. He's being tempted by Evie, who is trying to play with him. Ugh, sibling rivalries. What can you do? Right? Where are you? Where Did she run away? I think so. <laughs> that was not okay, his- That's not your fault. That was not his fault. Okay. Wait, go, Evie. So Juliet and Rachel drive up to the security gates and they're listening to downtown. And here's my ouchie thoughts. Okay. Okay. I wonder if the reason why she like she hears it in 301, that's why she cries. Because it like it's a song that brings her comfort and reminds her of her sister. And it was the last song they ever listened to together. Oh, fully. Okay. And that's why she cries. Okay, well that's fully. hurtful. Fully. That is fully it. Like it's literally her last like one good memory. Mm-hmm. And she probably plays that song like all day, every day, just trying to remember like her sister and Mm -hmm. everything that she's lost. And it hurts me a lot. And I don't remember, did you guys talk about the like lyrics to the song Um, in 301? I don't really remember. mm -mm. Uh, It's been so long. You go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, just the lyrics themselves are like, they're so relevant to like Juliet's life. It's talking about like this very like idyllic place, you know, this like place Mm -hmm. where everything's okay. Just go chill downtown and everything will be fine. Everything will be, be good. And it seems very intentionally like representative of the island. Like this island is magical and it's full of so many secrets and so many possibilities. Like, you should just be Mm -hmm. happy that you're here. But instead, like, 
she's just trapped and um, metaphors and stuff. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know? So they're heading to Middle Oaks Bioscience, which as we've said before, is an anagram for lost time. Iconic. Rachel's like, whoa, this is crazy. So they talk to the security guy. I just wanted to say that Liz is so good here. Like I completely believe that she's just talking to a guy. Like that's exactly yeah. how I would talk to a security guy telling them what I'm here for. You know, I just think she's, it's very good, very realistic this moment. Yeah, fully. She's so good. She, oh, she's mm. just so earnest, like in everything she does. And that's why I love Juliet so much. That's why I love Liz so much as an actress. Like, mm. I mean, even in the heckin' Santa Claus films, okay? She is just the most earnest actress. She just has so much heart and you just, you just feel her feelings and, oh, mm. I love her. And also she's beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> so Juliet's talking to Rachel about how she's worried about fitting in. And then Ethan like creepily knocks on her window. Um, uh, and he's going to grab her bags from the trunk for her. Richard is also here now. And she's like, oh, I didn't even know there was an airport here. And he's, he's like, ha, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, huh? That's yeah. crazy. Um, Like, it seems like there is actually, because you can see them in the, in the back and everything. But, like, she still thinks that she's taking a plane. And yeah. she's not. She's it's, taking a submarine. She is not. Like, they had to take her from this place to where the submarine was. You know? Like, when she wakes up in that submarine i would be so horrified to be like who touched me who moved me like she had to be transported so many different places unconscious i'd be i would hate that oh god yeah that's ugh. That's horrible. I can't think about it. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So he introduces himself to Rachel. Richard does. And he's like, huh, thanks for letting us borrow her for a few months. And she's like, okay, well, bring her back. And he's like, we'll do our best, which means no. no. (laughs) Because he knows she's not coming back. But I know that Rachel would have tried like anything to get her back though. Like this is my my headcanon slash, I don't don't really know. But I know like, how did Middleo stop her from suing or something? Right. Like, my my guess is that they straight up just up and disappeared. And like, she's like, no one in the scientific community knows what Middleo's bioscience is. And so when Rachel was like, I need to like sue Middleo's bioscience because they won't give me my sister back, she can't find anything about them. She comes back to this place and there's nothing here. You know, like I assume that the the way that they get away with that and get away with like her not doing an investigation is that they straight up just disappeared. Yep. And they just I don't mean, exist. Yeah, I have I have literally no clue, like, how they get away with it. And I wish that, like, we would get to see, like, at least, like, one little flashback mm-hmm. of, like, what Rachel was doing, like, in the three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is kind of... That would have been cool. I don't... I don't... It's not like a sport. I I might have a name for you to bleep. Okay. But like, imagine if she teamed up with Penny. Yeah. yeah. To find the island. Like, I mean, I don't know how that would happen. I don't know how they would even know like that. I don't even think I need to bleep that because we saw her at the end of season two and she's like doing it. Right? Yeah. No, that would be awesome. I don't know how Rachel would come to realize like, hey, this must be where she is. Like, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know, but I would just like to see it. Yeah. Cause Penny, um, cause Desmond and Juliet both came here three years ago. Like they both came at this around the same time. Yeah. They were both lost at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just see her being like, you know, at, at least they, they have six months that she assumes that Juliet's, like, fine or whatever. And then after that six months, she would actually, like, do something. Yeah, at least, like, she went through her pregnancy not stressing about where Juliet was. Mm-hmm. It was after that where she was like, okay, what? I yeah. can't imagine being Rachel. Like, it it just makes me think of, like, the people, like, the family members of the, what was it, the Malaysian Airlines flight. Mm. Like, these people straight up just have no clue what happened. Mm-hmm. They're gone. 
yeah. to their family members. That's awful. That's horrifying. Like, mm-hmm. I would way, way rather know that, like, someone I loved, like, died in a certain way than, like, not know where they were at all, you know? Yeah. Yep. Anyway. And I know that we'll talk about this later, but, like, the fact that she named her son Julian because she named her son after Juliet, who's the person who gave this to her. She literally gave her this thing that she's always wanted, and then she was taken away, mm-hmm. you know? And so now she's, like, honoring her in so many different ways that, like, she is always sort of, like, alive, to her she's always around in her son oh i hurt i yeah. hurt so richard's like hey listen uh, you <laughs> security right so you, unfortunately you can't come in any farther so like take your time saying goodbye and they look at each other sadly juliet feels like it's a bad idea for her to go it's better this way is this a mistake i shouldn't go what if you get sick again i won't cancer's gone and i'm 100 percent preggers thanks to you I'll be back. Yes, I know. Before you give birth, I promise. I know. Don't worry about us, okay? Okay. You spent your whole life working to get here, so don't blow it. (laughs) I love you. So she says, don't worry about us. So she's already talking about her and her baby in the plural. <laughs> so sweet. So sweet. So sweet. So Juliet promises to be back before she gives birth. And Rachel's like, you've worked so hard to get here. Don't go back on it. They exchange I love yous, hugs, and tears. I find this scene to be so realistic for sisters. It yes. so is. And it means so much knowing that, like, knowing down the line, we learned that Rachel is actually Juliet's older sister. Oh, wait, we do learn that? So Juliet was her younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. Juliet seems to me like an older sister. Yeah. She's a, yeah, she's a younger sister. I know, sister. but I think she seems like an older sister. Yeah, which I think is interesting that she, like, was able to give this to her. Like, she worked so hard to help her, her older sister with this. It's, oh, it's so gut-wrenching. And yeah. I love their relationship. And I can't remember. Is this, uh, this is, I don't know if this, well, I guess this is all, Casey, say words. I guess it's also. Are you okay? No, <laughs> I guess it's also spoilers, <laughs> but I can't remember. This is the last time we see Rachel right this actress playing rachel um we get a younger version of rachel oh that's right that's right that's right that's right yeah which is where we learn that she's because she because this younger version of rachel looks much older than the younger version of juliet oh that's right that's right okay it's all coming together okay Mm -hmm. so yeah i just find it so realistic for sisters and i also like that scene with Liz talking to the security guy. I think Nestor does such a good job just being some corporate man. Yeah, he's just like standing there like, what? Yeah, he's literally like, hello, yes, thank you, nice to meet you. Actually, unfortunately, you know, like he's very good. Mm -hmm. So then Juliet goes with Richard and Ethan and Rachel says, go make us proud because- once again, she's talking about her and her baby. Her baby. And she says, uh, go make us proud. This is the last time that Rachel sees her sister for like years and years. She it's thinks really it's going to be six months, but then it's not. It's not. Kill me. Ugh. Okay. So, Brittany, I'm excited to tell you about this. <gasps> Casey already knows because she looked at, at Lostpedia. But I, and I did not know this until I looked at the Lostpedia for these notes. Okay, are you ready? Oh, had no idea. I, I had no idea. Okay, so I was watching the episode for the first time this morning and okay. they- Anytime that we get like a name of a company or like a a character or like anything, I'm like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Robin, Robin, tell them. So the aviation company is called Hararat Aviation, mm-hmm. and that is also an anagram. What is it for Earhart? Oh my god, is Robin? Shut up! Shut up! If you guys don't know this about me, I really love Amelia Earhart, um, especially because she plays. Uh, she's basically my favorite character in the Museum too, and. So so 
I've done so much research on Amelia Earhart um, uh, and I love her so much. So that was very exciting for me. I genuinely didn't even know that until, because um, we never talk about Hararat av- aviation. This is the only time we ever see it. Mm-hmm. They don't even say it out yeah. loud. So I had never put that together or seen that before. So I was really excited about that. It it was, oh God, that's so smart. And I just, I just knew the second I saw it, I was like, first of all, that's a freaking weird name for an aviation mm-hmm. company. Like, what the heck is that even? And I look it up and I'm like, oh my God. And at first you're like, oh, haha, right. Because flying and Earhart flies. But, but it goes so much deeper. She goes, it goes, missing. She goes missing. Hello? It's genius. So good. Incredible. So they're like, six months sounds like a long time, but time will fly. It's all good. And Juliet still doesn't even really know where she's going. Poor Juliet. Ethan starts checking her vitals and he's like, can I do that? And she's like, sure. Like, I appreciate him asking for consent, but also she's like, I don't really know why we would need to do that. I like, I think that's kind of part of how they convince Juliet is like with their bluntness. Like, Mm -hmm. they fully lie to her about like where she's going and stuff. But like Mm -hmm. with, I mean, we're about to get to it, but with like the tranquil. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't say that word. Tranquilizer. I believe in you. And stuff like they're uh, Richard's just like, yeah, this is tranquilizer. In- enjoy. Exactly. I was just saying that to Brittany earlier today. I was just like, I love that he just does it right in front. Like it would be so creepy and horrible if he just like did it behind her back, you know, like not right. telling her about it, just handing it to her, and then she like she just falls asleep, falls and wakes asleep. up somewhere weird. Like it's so important. Because they're, listen, the others, they are trying to tell us, the others are bad people. But Richard in particular, they're trying, they're not trying to make them like evil people. You know, they're trying to sort of have there be a, like a balance between them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to show this, that like these people, these others like genuinely care about this cause that like Mm -hmm. they're, they're contributing to. And they... (laughs) They do it in in terrible ways sometimes, mm-hmm. but like it's it's just so interesting the way that like oh lost my train of thought. It's so interesting the way that the writers aren't necessarily trying to like humanize the others, but are trying mm-hmm. to kind of moralize them and like yeah. mm-hmm. at least give you a reason like why they're doing what they're doing. And like when someone does that, wh- like when someone's trying to convince you like that what they're doing is morally right, you're not gonna like lie about it you're gonna be honest and be like yes this is this is what this is and it's important and yeah it's just I love it you know yeah it's like important not only to the writing to the character that he does this right like does the tranquilizer stuff right in front of her but it's also important to Richard as a person oh so important for him to be like to like have consent to do this you know like he's not gonna make her drink that you know no I think if she had said I'm out of here Richard would have been like okay yeah yes like I don't know how he could have stopped her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like, I think that is so important is like the, uh, the, I mean, there's very much a difference between Richard and Ben when it comes to like consent. But I think Richard genuinely is like, I I want your approval and like, I'm going to try and convince you to come with us. Cause like, I want you with us, but like, if you say, and I think he's also pretty confident that she'll do it based yeah. on what he says next. Exactly. Exactly. But he also, he has that, that empathy and that moral compass that Ben doesn't have that mm-hmm. says, if this woman says no right now, then it's off and we'll take it from there, which I think we'll also explore 
further with mm-hmm. Richard and stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting thinking about watching this for the first time and how this is like maybe like the third episode that we've seen Richard in. Like we saw him in the flashbacks in Not in Portland and then we saw him uh, on island in Man from Tallahassee. And so at first we were like, okay, he's just a guy. And then it's like, no, he is actually part of the others. And not only that, he is like one of Ben's, he's like Ben's right-hand man because Ben is willing to say things that he's not willing to say in front of other people, in mm-hmm. front of Richard. So Richard is a huge deal. And now when we go back to like just corporate Richard, who we thought was just a random guy. Now it's like, you know, Richard's a great, a pretty good person. And he seems like a good person also. So like, but there is a sort of like sinister undertone to it, knowing a little bit more about who he is Mm -hmm. and how much Ben trusts him. Yeah. So Richard says that people on the island are really excited about her and your research is really going to help us so much. So then like, mm -hmm. I had something to say about that. It's super small, but Richard says, and I quote, everyone at the company is really excited about you coming down, Dr. Burke. Mm -hmm. Coming down? Excuse me, you're in Miami and supposedly going to Portland. Down? Yeah, she'd be like, down, huh? Excuse me? I mean, granted, I don't understand geography and sometimes, like, people from- Could just be colloquial, yeah. From the South are like, oh, nice to be up here. And I'm like, huh? Anyway, Mm -hmm. it's just a little thing that I caught. Anyway. No, that's a good point. Yeah, right. Carlton would have thought of that. Carlton wrote this episode. Carlton would have thought about that. It's so smart. And it's definitely intentional. Mm -hmm. Fully intentional. So he's pouring the powder into her orange juice. And she's like, um, hey, uh, what's that? And he's completely, totally honest about her. He says, so this is a lot of tranquilizer. And she's like, what? Got it. And he's like, yeah, you're going to want to be asleep for the trip because it's really bumpy. (laughs) And she's like, I've been on a plane before. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of these things called planes. Yeah. She's like, ah, listen, I don't know about this. If this was me, I'd immediately be like, these men are trying to hurt me. Uh, I'm terrified. She's like, listen, I was okay with all the weird things about this company, like no contact with my loved ones and the fact that no one knows who you are. And she's going to keep going. And he's like, well, why were you okay with that? Like, it seems kind of crazy. You're not getting paid that much. Like, why do you want to be part of this? Hmm. He's like, I'll tell you why. I think that you can tell that this is important and special. Your sister was straight up sterile and you created life there. That's amazing. And you're amazing. Oh my God. And you're meant to do something with that. And you can do that at this place. Exactly. Okay. I was fine with signing all of your paperwork. Fine with agreeing to not talk to anyone in my life for six months. Fine with the fact that no one in the medical community has ever heard of Mitlow's bioscience. Why were you fine? What? Why were you fine with those things? It it seems like quite a leap for a job opportunity. I'm not paying you that much. I think you're fine because deep down a part of you knows that the place we're taking you to is special. Special, huh? Let me ask you something, Juliet. You took a woman, your own sister, whose reproductive system was ravaged by chemotherapy, who was sterile, and you made her pregnant. You created life where life wasn't supposed to be. That's a gift, Juliet. You have a gift. Now, don't you feel you're meant to do something significant with it? Where we're going, you can do just that. That line, that line where he says you created life where life wasn't supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I think that's what does it in for her. It's so good. That's why she chugs that orange juice back. She's like, yeah, 
I did do that, didn't I? Yeah. Like she wants to make a make a an impression on the world, something that's lasting, a legacy. Yeah, and and not for the fame of it, not for the recognition. Like we saw in Not Important that like she didn't want to publish her research. Like she didn't mm-hmm. do this for the credit. She did it for the the like the impact of it, the implications of it. Like I just took a place that was not supposed to be habitable for life and I created life there. That's exactly. Exactly. That's like why we're here, you know, like mm-hmm. to create life. And she just found a new way to do that. Which is exactly what's happening with the pregnant women on the island. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I love that because it, and it hurts because she, that's all she wants to do. She wants to be able to help a lot of people. That's what she wants to do. Not for the fame. She just wants to help a lot of people. And then she's stuck on this island and she's really only helping what, 10 people ultimately, you know, like she yeah. wanted, she wanted to make it lasting and big to help lots of people. And she's really just helping people on the, the people on this island and like there's something to be said for that it's important to help everybody that you can but i think that's not what she signed up for not what she wanted oh yeah because i don't she definitely didn't sign up like i mean like like you said she didn't sign up for the fame of it she signed up for it because she was tasked to like once again create life where life isn't Mm -hmm. being created she's like driven by that and I think that's something that she never really loses is like that desire to just make things better make things bloom where like maybe they're not supposed to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and once she gets to the island and realizes that like there is no like morality behind these people's need to figure out this problem like Ben is literally willing to go through as many pregnant women as it takes like that's not what Julia is about she she wants to preserve life and create life yeah and also Ben wanting to figure this out is also conditional like when Juliet's like I have more ideas but I can't do them here I need to leave he's just like no figure it out from here you know so like how much do you want to figure it out if you're not going to exhaust every idea that I have? Right. If he was genuinely interested and had the same like intentions that she had, he would have been like, yeah, okay, good point. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically Richard's like, I can't tell you where we're going, but it's going to be amazing. And listen, if it's okay, it's okay. Okay, if you do change your mind and you decide not to go. And she's like, I don't do that. So she chugs the whole drink and they're both like, uh, that was really fast. You probably shouldn't have drank it all like that. And she just blacks out. Yeah, it was not her wisest move. So she wakes up on the sub. And like I said, I would just be like, who touched me? Who moved me? Oh my God. And she's like strapped down. Ethan somehow could tell the exact moment that she woke up. <laughs> like, okay. And it's like, yeah, hello. Just like standing there? Like, was you just waiting? Yeah. She can't speak. He says that she would be hoarse for a few hours, but then she talks in like, like a minute. <laughs> She's like, oh, actually, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. He's like, I strapped you in because it gets kind of bumpy and I didn't want you to like fall. And this is really interesting. Like we've seen this already from Ethan before, but it's so crazy because Ethan really does seem in the flashbacks to other people, like a pretty nice guy in like every flashback we see of him after season one. And so that makes me think, you know, we saw him, he was like the main operator on Sabine when she died. And maybe he went so crazy about Claire because he was so like motivated as a doctor. Like he's just so intense to save lives that like this is finally his like not only is Juliet really passionate about saving somebody but also Ethan has also been there and is like the main operator on those sort of things Mm -hmm. because Juliet has the research and she's the one who like is having the ideas and making these serums but Ethan's the one who's doing the operations yeah so like I understand I think that maybe if this kept happening to Jack if all of the people that he was operating on kept dying and dying and dying you'd go insane I don't see why Jack wouldn't have also gone just as insane as Ethan yep right Um, 
Oh, that is such an interesting parallel, like Jack and Ethan, because I mm -hmm. think they both very much have this, this chronic problem of seeing everyone in front of them as a patient to be helped. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And Ethan's kind of the example of like what happens when you you don't have the boundary, you don't have the ability to step back and say, this isn't just a patient, this is a person. This is a person, yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. And like he definitely went too far because he straight up killed people about it. Like he was like, give me Claire or I'm going to keep killing people. And he did straight up like murder uh, Scott, I believe it was, by like breaking literally all of his bones. Like it was, it's horrible. Like do no harm where. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was definitely too far i'm not standing up for ethan in this but i just think that there if he didn't just go crazy you can explain it without making an excuse for mm -hmm. it and i think yeah. that's exactly what this is mm -hmm. it's like oh here's why ethan went insane tough that he's an asshole yeah <laughs> so i still i love this next moment where he like offers to help her down and she refuses like she's just like no i got it which i love i love her i love this whole scene of her her crawling out of the sub in her little heels mm -hmm. and her little, little pencil skirt oh she's so precious mm -hmm. i do have a thought on that though what is your thought what? so well first of all he tells her to go up the ladder and she's like whoa it's a tropical island and Juliet is brought to the island on the submarine just like mikhail had told the soldier uh, told the survivors that he was so like this is giving us more information that mikhail probably was telling the truth about that oh, um, yeah. mm -hmm. but we have a specific shot showing that she's not wearing shoes and then we don't have a moment where she puts on shoes and she gets up and she's wearing shoes i didn't think about that oh that is so fair and i did not clock that yeah so that one is a mistake for sure because like there's a straight up lingering shot showing us that she's not wearing shoes and then like another shot where we show th that she is wearing shoes <laughs> i am oblivious and did not catch that because yeah. they make they make such a point of it when she comes out of the sub like yeah this this like well put together women woman in her mm -hmm. heels and her little pencil skirt like coming on to this like island in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. it's also i mean like who took off my shoes don't right? touch my stuff <laughs> do not do not touch any part of me but don't touch my stuff don't touch my feet get away from me don't touch any part of me but especially don't touch my feet that's yeah weird yeah and there's a lot of like like symbolism in this moment of like like light and dark like mm -hmm. as you mm -hmm. always talk about but like the inside of the sub looks so menacing and it's got like this yes. red hue to it like it very mm -hmm. much seems to like be symbolizing like like a, a dark bad place and then she climbs up the ladder to what is supposedly like in contrast like a a good place a light place a place of like mm -hmm. goodness and that will very quickly uh turn on its head for juliet mm -hmm. yes so ben approaches and there was also a mistake in this part where he was not in the wide shot like we see a wide shot of like a blank deck where there's like one guy there um and then ben is like supposedly just walking up but he just wasn't in the wide no he shot. just ran really fast yeah he's <laughs> like hi i'm ben and they shake hands i'm looking forward to working with you and like knowing everything that they go through i'm just like run now <laughs> yeah, you should leave. You should turn around. Like, turn back. There was on Lastpedia, they said, hey, just to complain real quick, you can tell that this submarine is fake. And I'm like, well, of course it's a fake submarine. But they're like, after Juliet walked down the dock from the submarine, another climbs on to the top of the submarine and the boat noticeably shakes from his walking on it. And a submarine, an actual submarine would not shake from a man's weight. And I'm like, okay, okay. I know. Listen, it's, it's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly styrofoam and it's fine. It's um, a TV show. Yeah. So we skip six months later so this is when her thing was supposed to be done she this is like her last 
thing and now she gets to go, right? It's time for her to go home. So there's a bunch of others and Juliet in the staff and on Lostpedia it said, when we see Claire just before she escapes from the staff, the doctors in the medical room are wearing all white surgical scrubs. But in this episode and also in I Do, we see that all the Dharma scrubs are blue. So I'm like, well, maybe they have multiple ones. Yeah, they shake it up depending on how they're feeling that day. So they fail to save Sabine. Ethan and Goodwin are also there. So like, I love that Ben was like, I'm going to send both of my doctors out to do these <laughs> this dangerous thing. Like, yeah, that's such did, a bad idea. He did not think that through. Richard was just standing there like, I don't know about that one. Especially because he learned that he had cancer the day before. So he was like, uh, let me get rid of my doctor. Let's like, have, what? I need a spinal surgeon. Let's hope there's one in that plane. Because mm-hmm. Ethan, that's not Ethan's specialty. Because Ethan's specialty is literally everything. Because he had to learn everything. He's the only doctor there. Oh, right. So Goodwin tells Juliet to leave and he's gonna, like, deal with it and talk to Ben about it because he... I, I doubt that she's dating Goodwin at this point. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. I think that she probably is just friends with Goodwin and then, like, three years later, she's she knows him better. Mm, fair enough. Um, on Lastpedia, fun fact, Two paintings in the staff in the fertility surgery flashback are by artist Georgia O'Keeffe, who is known for paintings of flowers as, uh, like, vaginal symbols. It's also gonna be like the vaginas, mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One painting is her uh, 1923 gray line with black, blue, and yellow, and the other is the 1919 music pink and blue, too. The paintings were originally visible in maternity leave, so those have been there for a very long time. I, like, there's part of me that's like, oh my gosh, they're originals because the island is, like, magic, but they're probably just prints. Yeah, I think they're probably prints. Yeah. The island was like, I want some Georgia O'Keeffe's specifically. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's just like, listen, there's a box in the basement and anything you wish for, uh, you get. And so I I asked for two Georgia O'Keeffe paintings. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> I would have asked for Fruit Loops. Yeah. So Juliet sits by herself by the sea, just like she is in the present day, because we see her, I think, right before this, just sitting with Hurley by the sea. And it also reminds me of um, the beginning of the flashbacks in Not in Portland when she was just sitting by the sea in uh, Miami as well. Mm-hmm. And hey, this spot is one of the stops on the Lost Location tour that I went on. Um, they used this place pretty frequently. The last time we saw it was Desmond killing Kelvin, I think. And they used it a couple more times as well. I love it. I love those rocks. Yeah. So Ben comes by and is telling her like Sabine chose to be pregnant and she knew that it was risky. And I'm like, I mean, it isn't always a choice to become pregnant. Like sometimes it just accidentally happens, but the way they talk about it, it seems like it was like, I, she, like she was actively trying to get pregnant. I think the implication is that she chose to keep the child. Gotcha. I'm like, Oh yeah. Do they do, do we do abortions here? Probably. I would think so too. Yeah. In that case, Sabine, man, that was a decision, huh? Yeah. That was, Your that mom. was not your greatest choice. Adoption, bro. I don't know. At that point, like if you want to have a family so bad, like leave. Yeah. Don't stay on the Island. If you know people die there, leave. Because it really feels like Juliet's the only one who's, like, actually stuck there. Other than, like, Alex and Carl, maybe. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Juliet's saying, I think it happens at conception. So, like, if that's true, I can't really do anything. And then I was like, so wait, does that mean that an abortion wouldn't even stop it? Because if it happens at conception? Uh No, because the body attacks the fetus. Uh Uh-huh. So if you remove the fetus... It's fine. Okay, headcanon then. If you get knocked up on the island, then the evil sperm is already there. Uh And then if you have an abortion, you're fine. But then even if you left the island and got pregnant again, then you'd still die. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Either way. So Juliet's like, the only way to try out this hypothesis is to take a woman back to Miami. And so he's like, um, no. And so she's like, okay, well, then I can't do anything else here. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, it's my time now. I've done my part. I, you know, you think I can fix everything, but I can't 
can't. I tried, but I can't. You think I can do these things, Nemo, but I just can't. Yeah. Rachel gives birth in three months and I can't even talk to her. So I just want to go home. And she like doesn't quite know exactly how sinister he is yet because she hasn't tried to leave yet because she assumes that it's been six, you know, that six months he's going to let her leave. Well, she assumes she's there voluntarily. Yeah, for sure. And she like, I just noticed this because she has like her hand on his back and everything. Like she's trying to comfort him that she's leaving. Like she doesn't know how terrible he is and how much he's going to trap her. The man is insane. Mm -hmm. I love flashback Juliet. There are some things that current Juliet does that I don't totally agree with, but flashback Juliet, that's my girl. It's it's because you're seeing Seeing current Juliet be born. Yeah, that's true. True. Yeah, yeah. I love all forms of Juliet. Um, yeah. But especially the way the flashbacks like humanize her and totally and tell her story. I think Juliet. Yeah, I think by far Juliet gets like the best flashbacks in terms of like explaining how her character got to be where she is. Like, yeah. in the present. Mm-hmm. So she's like, my sister gives birth in three months. And Ben's like, no, she'll be dead by then because her cancer's back. And he gives her some notes to look at. And on Lostpedia, it said, the information at the top of the report that Ben gives to Juliet to prove that Rachel's cancer has returned refers to an 187-pound, 5'11 male patient with heart trouble. Yeah. So this obviously has to be a mistake and is just like a prop because Juliet would obviously know that. <laughs> Yeah. And Juliet would know what she's looking at. But back in canon, where did you get this? Mikhail, I wanted to tell you, but I didn't think it would help. What? What, what, help what, help who what? Like, excuse me? I would have gone home so I could be with her. And he's like- But I never would have let you leave. Exactly. He's just like, well, then- I would have had to be evil to you earlier. But now you know I'm evil. Yeah. So. so so he's like, well, you can go home if you want, or you can stay and I'll cure her cancer. And she's like, I'm just supposed to believe you. And I think basically what he's trying to tell her is that if you leave, I will give your sister cancer back, no matter when you leave. Mm-hmm. If you stay now, I'll cure it. But if you, if leave, you ever I'll leave, take again? It, I'll take it back and I'll give it yep. to her back. Mm-hmm. And yet Juliet was like, I'm going to go anyway, because she helped get rid of her sister's cancer the first time. And also, yeah. I don't think she believes like ben is basically trying to tell her yeah you're somewhere that is supernatural yeah and it just hasn't clicked for her yet mm-hmm. and yet she seems like when he says jacob said she said he would do it do you not believe in jacob she actually kind of looks like like she does believe in jacob right she's like oh you're bringing jacob into this yeah well oh. if jacob said then maybe like i don't know what and i don't think we ever see it but like i don't know what ben did to get her to believe in jacob but maybe it must be the same thing that she, he's done to everybody else mm-hmm. yeah so she She's like, oh, am I just supposed to believe you about this? And he's like, have you seen any trace of cancer in any of the people here? And she's like, well, that's here. That's not where she is. It's also a really small population size. And you won't let me bring her here. So that's not helpful. Jacob said he would do it. Do you not have faith in Jacob? If it was me, I'd be like, no, I just got here and I don't care. Also, I've never met that dude. (laughs) Yeah. Who even is that guy? He's like, every woman here needs your help. I will save her. But like, yeah, she clearly does actually believe in Jacob and what he can do. So my headcanon, I can't remember if this is explicitly said or not. And I do believe that this is probably widely agreed upon, but I think this was totally fudged and she totally never even got cancer again. Ooh, I- No, I don't don't think she ever had cancer again. No. It was a lie. I have a different theory. Okay. My theory is somehow she did get sick again, but they also healed her. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like what they did with Claire. Oh. I, I think they they somehow had the power to like treat and cure her but also I think they're the ones that made her sick in the first place because I don't think right. Oh. I don't think Ben has 
any other way of keeping Juliet there without involving Rachel and like in a very tangible way like a very mm-hmm. believable way right yeah because if, if that was true I'd be like how because she can't take chemotherapy and still be pregnant right no so it would have to just be a because did he say like I can't remember how long she had cancer again like my you know if I put it past Rachel I assume that if she got cancer again she was planning on not taking chemotherapy and just carrying to term and hoping for the best and maybe just dying Mm -hmm. so that her son could live so yeah either way either way it sucks of Ben (laughs) (laughs) it sure does what what of Ben does not suck so true it sure does but he knows that like literally the only thing he can hold over Juliet's head is Rachel yes especially this baby so two and a half years later Juliet in bed with Goodwin. Hmm, didn't see this coming. Oops. Uh, okay. She's eating some ice cream, Nakey, the life. That's good for her. You know how we stand. And she's eating it out of a Tupperware. So I'm like, girl, did you make your this ice cream yourself? 100%. That's she fancy. She made her own ice cream. Yeah, because she's like, I don't can't get Ben and Jerry's here. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I don't even like Ben. <laughs> I support her so much. She'd be like, only Jerry's. Only Jerry's. <laughs> Who's Jerry? <laughs> He's not Ben, and that's what's important. (laughs) So Goodwin's like, oh, I don't know if you're present here. And she realized that she's been on the island for three years. On Lostpedia, it said, in Not in Portland, Juliet's arrival on the island is determined to be September 5th, 2001. However, in this episode, she tells Goodwin that the day before the crash, that the next day would be her third anniversary on the island, which would be September 22nd, 2004. Uh... So that means that she would have been there on September 22nd, 2001, rather than September 5th, which is what we were told in Not in Portland. Oh, all right. So, hey, listen, if you want to go back on it to make it more dramatic then that's okay it's a small detail i it's fine so goodwin says that he'll bake her a cake for it which is pretty cute and they're like listening to opera and i'm like all right whatever you guys are into (laughs) whatever you guys uh and then she gets a knock at the door so she gets all dressed and everything um she's looking at the x-rays that she was just given it was carl at the door and he developed x-rays for me so carl comes to the door like oh damn what's going on in here what's the tea (laughs) about this later oh yeah you just know that he went back to alex and was like yo He's like, you're not gonna believe this. Yeah. I mean, they have nothing to gossip about. Well, we're gonna talk about uh, in the spoilers, but like, there is so much more drama here than we can even talk about right now. 100%. So much. So she's looking at the x-rays, but something's wrong. And so then we continue on, but once again, I just have to say, hey, uh, what's Carl's life story? Once yeah, again, I just even there. I don't know. Still don't know. Not if, if people are like, hey, there are too many unanswered questions on Lost. I'm like, the only unanswered question that I'm interested in is what's up with Carl? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So she gets dressed and she goes to Ben's and he says that she can come in. He was reading Carrie, which was the book that she picked for book club. because She said it's her favorite book. So he was invited slash he's part of the book club. But then I guess he wasn't told like when he the meeting was when the, the meeting next was. day. Yep. That is so funny. That is hilarious. That's so funny. Like he read the book and everything and he didn't even like it. So he just, <laughs> she just wasted his time. That's I think that's fantastic. Hilarious. It is mm-hmm. so hard to pull anything over on Ben. And just the fact that they would have a book club meeting without him. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's interesting though, because, you know, he clearly didn't care for Carrie, but I think that he actively likes Stephen King because when he was in the hatch, he asked if they had any Stephen King. Ooh. Well, I kind of wonder now if he was asking that 
that because it like reminded him of Juliet. Weird. Weird, sir. Weird. Weird. Super weird. <laughs> Constantly making it weird, buddy. Stephen King reminds you of Juliet. Yeah. So he's like, uh, I think the book is depressing. Why did you pick it? And she's like, please, this conversation is for the book club. I don't need to talk about this right now. This is not a conversation that I'm interested in at the moment. Also, he like, I, uh, I like paused and like tried to examine his little home, his little abode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has so many butterflies in his office interesting it's like insects and butterflies like so many butterflies oh man he would like ours so much also so many pictures of alex yes totally there are pictures of alex everywhere and they straight up raided tanya raymond's family home <laughs> yep fully yeah. fully mm-hmm. it's great so she tells him about his cancer um they took x-rays because his back hurt and it turns out there is a tumor on his l4 vertebrae which first of all four and she was told that no one gets cancer on this island yeah if i was her i'd be like excuse me that's not supposed to happen i think it's funny that like she literally just told ben that he has cancer and so he's freaking out about it and she starts yelling at him like obviously it's fair that she does but i think it's funny that she's like here is some emotionally damaging information i'm mad at you i support her so much (laughs) and i'm gonna continue yelling at you yeah oh my god and contender for my best lines my best what my best line Mm -hmm. award contender when julia is like oh you're surprised and ben is like well yes you just told me that i have cancer so i am surprised yeah and Juliet's just straight up deadpan no i told you you have a tumor yeah yeah you dumbass like she she's so stone cold in this moment because literally all she cares about is the fact that like the the thing she's been living for the mm-hmm. the hope that she's been living for the hope that rachel was cured of her cancer that she may or may not have actually had who knows mm-hmm. may have just been completely a lie and she's like right excuse me what well she saw the pictures she saw the um the papers so in her mind she thinks that rachel did have cancer mm-hmm. and rachel just straight up died mm-hmm. and she just thought that she was alive this whole time yep. living her life and she thinks that my sister is dead right and she has every yeah. right to think that in this moment because she's like if, if there's no cancer here why do you have it and how mm-hmm. how dare you promise me that you're gonna cure my sister's cancer if you yourself have it now yeah so another couple of like date fudging that they accidentally did in the cost of living ben says that he discovered the tumor two days before the crash which would be september 20th but in this episode it happens one day before which is september 21st um it's fine also it says that the tumor is said to be in the l4 vertebra but on the radiograph that she looks at the tumor is located in the second lumbar vertebra so do better um that is something that i super would never know you um actually exactly and they're counting on that so she's like or so you're scared and he's like no and she's like yes you are i love it i love that and he's sort of like he's pulling it off by being like oh well jacob will just heal me or whatever you know like that's what that's what he's trying to like convince her of but also like how do you ben is a fantastic liar but how do you hide your face from the fact that you're just learning that you have a deadly deadly disease oh yeah and like you know maybe fully in the back of his mind he's like well well this is fine this is part of a plan and like Mm -hmm. it'll be fine and i'll be fine because i am ben linus and i'm so important but this is not only the first time that julia is seeing him genuinely surprised but like it's Mm -hmm. probably the first time on this entire island that he has been genuinely caught off guard and it's Mm -hmm. so good and julia even though she's like she's only known him for three years out of his entire life like she she can instantly read like ben's fake 
surprise and Ben's Mm -hmm. fake concern with his genuine concern. And in this moment, he's genuinely concerned. He's like, yeah, Yeah. what the heck? This is not supposed to happen. So she's like, so if you people don't get cancer here, why do you have it? He's like, I don't know. And so he's like just taking a drink of water and she just knocks the glass out of his hand. Incredible. It's so funny. And she's like, I want to talk to my sister right now. You need to show me my sister right now or else I'm going to think she's dead and I'm going to murder you. I support her. And if I could choose a favorite line award for a mm-hmm. um, non-spoken moment, it would be Juliet knocking that glass out of his hand. Yes, 100%. Iconic. So she's like, I want to talk to my sister. And he's like, no, but it's fine. She's fine. Um, And she is fully screaming at the top of her lungs. That's totally fair. But I assume all of the others who are like outside who like greeted her and everything are like uh what's going on in there what's going on why are you scared i'm not scared why are you scared ben you said no one on this island ever had cancer you told me that i know what i told you you told me you could fix it you said that you said that you cured my sister you lied to me no i did not lie to you if you can cure cancer ben then why do you have it i don't know I want to talk to her. I want to talk to Rachel. I want to talk to her now! It's not going to happen, Juliet, but I can promise you that Rachel is fine. You never cured her! I did! You're a liar! No, Juliet! You lied to me! I told you the truth! So he's like, listen, no, I cured her. Like, I promise. And like I said, I don't think that she was ever sick again, personally. And he's like, no, I promised, and I did it. And she fully cries on his chest and i'm like if it was me i'd be like don't i'm never touching that man oh fully. i would not let that man get close to me fully. so i think that this is manipulation because she knows that he has a soft spot for her so she's just like i don't know i don't know but i'd be like don't touch me oh oh interesting i like i kind of read it as just like like full emotional breakdown like i literally just need to touch a person right now and you are literally the only person in front of me i just like i go get goodwin at that point like i just i would oh, never right. touch this man because he's so he's wronging me specifically and for so long oh yeah fully i like i would never i would be like get away get get the freak away from me like yeah <laughs> like no but if it's like manipulation i think that's pretty that's incredibly smart on her part and mm-hmm. you can already see in ben's eyes and like in in Ben's actions, he thinks of Juliet in a very different way than he thinks of everyone else around him. Yes. He very much has this this need to control her, this mm-hmm. like sense of authority over her and this sense of ownership over her. And I think the second she touches him, he's just like, okay, all hope is not lost. I can still make this work for me. Yeah. So she cries for him to let her go home. And clearly she's like, I care very little about my relationship with Goodwin. I just want to go home, which is shown, like I said, by the fact that he has not mentioned him once before this. Mm -hmm. And he refuses. He says no. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Like just, it's, I, my heart always breaks in those small moments where, where like the real humanity of these people comes through and Mm -hmm. people are like, I just want to go home. Like at the end of the day, that's like, all she wants like she doesn't care about the politics of what she's gotten herself into all she wants is to go home she just wants to be with her sister like and ben won't let her and that's heartbreaking and what happens on the island stays on the island right so like as soon as she's home everything resets and everything's okay again right so we see juliet in 301 we hear downtown again and now it has a little bit more of a meaning Mm -hmm. we see the plane crash the book club ben tells goodwin and ethan to head out which i think is a terrible decision we talked about that earlier <laughs> and Very so he goes well. get him out of the book club and she's like yeah i'm mad at you for not letting me go home so of course i you're out of the book club yeah 
Straight up, yes. So she starts walking away. He catches up with her and she's like, he's like, we need to talk. And she's like, right now there was just a plane crash. And he's like, uh, yeah. So he says, take a walk with me. And it's a long ass walk all the way to the flame, I guess. Sure is. So we see Ben and Juliet at the flame. Um, they tell Mikhail that they're there, but he never has his walkie on. So he's just yelling, hi, please do not shoot us. Oh my God. This scene is so funny. Yeah. And like the way he's like, oh, the guy never has his walkie on. Like, it's so funny. I love the workplace comedy that we're getting with the others. Right? Like, ugh, that yeah. guy. He, he's never doing his job right. And I think it's funny that Juliet had to just bring her book the whole way, too. Yeah, She's right? just still carrying the book. So Mikhail has news reports about the plane crash already. There were 324 people on on board including the crew and so he's like i want files on everybody and he's like i'm already working on it if it was me and i was mikhail not not that he has much to do anyway so this is probably like a nice change but i'd probably wait to see who survives or else i'm doing just a lot of work for nothing a lot of work for nothing and also what i love about this scene is like it's kind of the first yeah it's kind of the first instance in which we're being like explicitly shown that like okay the rest of the world knows this happened like yes oh true good point Right? Like, it's not like this happened in, like, some alternate universe. Like, no. Mm -hmm. The world is responding to this. Like, there was a plane with over 300 passengers, and it straight up disappeared over the Pacific Ocean, and no one knows what happened to it. And And, people care. Yeah, and this is, like, the first, like, real confirmation we're getting that, like, okay, this isn't all just happening, like, in some bottle, in some place, like, outside of time and space or whatever. Like, no. There are, this is a breaking news story and Mm -hmm. they didn't just blip out of existence and everyone forgot that they ever existed right like people are thinking about this like this is huge and i think that's uh very important for things to come yeah so richard is off island and he's in acadia park which is in miami and he's like ah you called me a liar so i'm here to get you proof because i'm not a liar and that just isn't true because i know this man just lies for fun he he just lies and lies. He lives to lie. And also, yeah. um, a, a random, super random fun fact. It's not Acadia Park, but Acadia National Park is in Maine. And um, my friend Chris and I, who you may recognize from uh, the man in Tallahassee, or the man from Tallahassee episode, she and I went to Acadia National Park in July, and it was a great time. And it's not related... That. It's not related to this Acadia, but it's related to um, our entire circle of friendship. And I thought it was important. (laughs) Gorge. So Richard shows a newspaper to prove the date. And Rachel is there playing with a little boy who would be about two and a half years old at this point. uh, Maybe a little bit less. Juliet obviously cries and she named him Julian. She named him after Juliet because she gave him to her and then she never saw her again. And uh, we talked about this already a little bit, but it's still sad. It's so sad. I want to cry just thinking about it. But all I can think about is Richard just being like a creep filming children at a park. Yo, right? Can you imagine looking over and seeing that? You'd be like, what? And also there's a, there's like a point where Rachel kind of like smiles at the camera and I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. At that point, like <laughs> this is what I see it's next. her friend Richard. He, he he had to like, uh, you know, when Ben is just like, okay, Julia, or okay, Rachel, that's enough. And he like puts it down, but it's actually, he's putting it down, not because Ben told him to, but because Rachel came over, start yelling at him. Wait, yeah, what? Wait, no, Rachel has seen Richard. What is he doing there? He can't be there. <gasps> oh my God. Imagine Rachel's mind is just like, wait a second. Like, what the hell? That's that man from three years ago who stole my sister. What? Why, God? Why, why did we not? Richard for that? Oh my God. Why would they ever send Richard for that? 
He he must have been blown instantly. Where is the fan fiction? Where is the fan fiction all about Rachel trying to find her sister? I'm sorry, we need it. Yeah, we do. We're ready to write. And, and seeing Richard in that park, ugh, amazing. So he's like, okay, Richard, come home because we have new people. So, and Juliet doesn't get to watch anymore. If I was Juliet, I'd be like, okay, well, like, fine. But can I get like a picture or like a still of that video or something that I can like look at or mm. something? I don't know. And so he's like, don't call me a liar. And she's like, let me go home. And he's like, no, finish your work. And she's like, it will never be finished. There is no solution. I will it will never happen. They keep dying. And he's like, okay, well, keep working on it. Maybe there are more people on that plane. Haha, <laughs> keep working. It's annoying. Yeah. Shut up. So in the very last scene of the episode, Ben and Juliet are going over the plan at Ben's house. The plan is to take Kate to the jungle, handcuff, tell her I was gassed. And if she catches me, admit to the lie because I was trying to earn her trust. Go back to the beach with them. And Ben wants her to go back to the beach, but she's like really worried about it. Especially probably because of Saeed. <laughs> yeah, fully. It's like, okay, we've established like a backup plan in case Kate catches me but what if Saeed catches me but what about Saeed <laughs> yeah yeah like that's when you're screwed the implant in Claire have been, has been activated she should have symptoms in 48 hours which of course is not only four but also eight thank you like they said last episode, Claire is very influential. She's very meaningful to the to the camp. So not only is it like a coincidence, it's kind of like a coincidence that it was Claire who they're kind of putting in jeopardy here because they know that everyone really loves her. She's a very important person she's, to the camp. She's, yeah, they didn't really know that when like Ethan was like doing whatever yeah. with her. Exactly. So he's like, you will be there to solve the crisis that will ultimately be there. He says that Price is leaving the medical supplies at the tree. So that's Ryan Price, who we've been seeing in the past few episodes here. Wait, who is he? Price is, uh, he's just one of the others. We saw him uh, watching over Saeed during Man from Tallahassee. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. Okay. And something big happens to him later, but, and that's like the thing that he's known for, something that happens to him later. Oh. We'll have to talk about that in spoilers because I forget yeah. that completely. <laughs> so it's interesting that Juliet was like, oh, Ethan has some serums there because he left them there, but actually Price is the one who took them there. Mm -hmm. Tell Jack that you can save her because he trusts you. See you in a week. And he hands her a mask. So it's been how many days since then? Like two or three, I think? Because he said in four, in 48 hours. So it's probably been like two and a half days. Yeah. So ultimately, as somebody who's just watching for the first time, you're like, okay, what's happening in a week? We got to pay attention to what's going on in a week. Then just like Ben leaves in his wheelchair oh, and yeah. Juliet's like, I hate my life. That is so ominous. Like, see yeah. you in a week. And we know that it hasn't been a week yet. So we know yeah. something's coming and we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's the episode. Ugh. So now we're going to talk about our segments. Woo! So our first segment is our best line award. My best line award goes to Juliet, Jin, and Sun for... What happened to her? And so someone in there. He said, what do you care Stone cold. It's so great. Stone it's cold. It's so mean. Amazing. Iconic. Iconic. Son had no obligation to translate that for Juliet. Exactly. What she did. Yeah. She wanted to hurt her feelings. She yeah. did that for us. Yeah. yeah. And mine goes to Juliet and Richard for. What is that? That is orange juice with a considerable amount of tranquilizer mixed in. And She's thank really, you for saying really it. Honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. Where's my best line? Wait, what did I say? Yours best? goes to Mikhail and Ben. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And my best line award goes to Mikhail and Ben for... Did you see it? A plane fell out of the sky, Mikhail. Of course we saw it. 
I hate Ben, but sometimes he says things that I'm like, I uh, guess that's fair. Yep. He's so freaking funny. A plane fell out of the sky. Of course we saw it. And Mikhail joins the ranks of people that we see in flashbacks who have already died. Mm. Oops. Uh, so our next segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith, and this episode we're talking about Juliet. Thoughts? The Juliet? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead and say science through and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, because I feel like she is one of the only characters who is, like, straight in the middle. Mm. Oh. I think that there's a lot of faith in this episode that, like, she has faith that this company isn't going to, like, completely, like, murder her and ruin her life, even though it, they do. She has faith that in six months they're gonna let her go. She, you know? She is going... But also a lot of science, for sure. Oh my god. She's like, a scientist. Like, she is a scientist. Like, of course she's a woman of science, but also she goes on so much faith, especially yes. in this episode. Like, she has so much just hope in like yeah mm-hmm. that people will live up to their word mm-hmm. that rachel will be okay that that what she's doing is okay like i think she's one of the very few people who i just i really can never decide like whether she's science or faith i think she's yeah. honestly straight up just in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. So our next segment is Hurley's Walkman. In a flashback when Julia and Goodwin are on the bed and she's eating ice cream, the aria Adio del Passato from Verdi's opera La Traviata can be heard. And the lyrics that we hear, I think I'm pretty sure they're in Italian, um, but in English translation would be farewell past, happy dreams of days gone by, the roses in my cheeks already are faded. Oh, oh, that hurts. That's really sad. That hurts. Mm -hmm. That hurts a lot. Sawyer's Book Corner, uh, we're going to talk about Carrie by Stephen King. It's okay. all over this episode, but we've already mostly talked about it before uh, in previous episodes. So uh, Carrie by Stephen King. It's important. That's it. That's that's all we got. Did they do the thing? Uh, the thing is when they say the ep- name of the episode in the episode. Yes, they did the thing twice. One of them is more purposeful than the other, but they did technically do it twice. Something you want to ask me, Sawyer? Yeah, Jack. I want to ask you why you're fighting every single one of us and sticking up for one of them. You want to get off this island more than anything else in the world. Makes you one of us. How many episodes since the last knockout? We're going to say one episode since the last knockout because we said that Claire is passing out and not being knocked out. That's fair. Like Juliet with the tranquilizer gets knocked out, but that's off island Mm -hmm. and not in present day. But Claire is passing out, we decided. (laughs) Yeah. Does this episode pass? There's no concussion. Exactly. Exactly. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? I'm going to say yes, uh, with the conversation between Rachel and Juliet before they go inside. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fully yeah. say yes. I think this yes. episode is, like, one of the few that's so much about, like, women and, like, women's relationships to other women. Like, mm-hmm. this episode and the past episode with um Juliet and Kate, like, it, it's the one thing that I wish this that I wish Lost really would have explored more is like women's relationships to other women because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is my like bread and butter. That is my bread and butter. Like I love the way that women relate to each other and like romantically or non-romantically like there's uh there's so much there and this is one of the few episodes where like it's so much about like being a woman what it means to be a woman what it means to be written by two men yeah which, which is interesting. interesting you know maybe we could have brought a woman in there two Bechtel test passes in a row yeah. too. wow kind of impressive i just i love it 
And I love the women on this show so much. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neeps. And thank you to our lovely roommates, Emily and Sam, for uh, hanging out in their rooms while we recorded this podcast. We appreciate them a lot. They are simply the best. And oh my god, let, wait, is this the first episode that you've done since um Brittany and Sam have done the thing? Oh I yeah! So. Sam is officially my wife. Oh, oh my god! I have a wife! That makes me emotional. And, and Oh my god, it makes me so emotional just to think about, but I just want to say how much I love them. Thanks. We love you too. Brittany's like, I'm married and now I'm not on the podcast anymore. <laughs> Goodbye! And like she's, she's like, my wife has, has completely frozen me out of this. I can no longer do it. I support her so much. I'm taking time off to spend more time with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually mostly true. Oh my yeah. god, I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> if you're so inclined, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or wherever you listen would be great. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, you'd like to talk about that show too. Um, oh, Brittany, uh, Sam and I do that. We did uh, seasons four to seven as they were airing, and now we're going back to do the good old days. And honestly, I'm having a great time dunking on it. Uh, we are covering uh, season three right now, and then we're going to be going backwards so that we end with season one. I support you. Casey's reaction speaks for me and why yeah. I'm not on the podcast. I just like, I, I fully just remember that I never watched the end of season seven. You don't I have to. I watched nothing except for the finale, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, if you're speaking of funny things mm-hmm. if you're a fan of Riverdale we like to talk about that show too it's completely insane oh, and iconic. we have a great time over there yeah. iconic yeah. Brittany, Brittany is still on that podcast I am on that podcast because I have a good time it's yeah. so good the other day I was walking by my coworker, who's like an attorney she's like all professional and like you know she's a professional young lady and I walked by it we were talking about our weekends and she was like yeah I spent the weekend like watching Riverdale and I was like mm, um <laughs> yeah and what did she what? think about that and she was like it makes no sense and i'm like mm, yeah that's yeah that's a great yeah. assessment yeah that's that's riverdale in a nutshell yeah it makes no sense and that's what makes it so great and if you're a fan of stranger things we like to talk about that show too britney's also on that one we are completely caught up on every single episode of stranger things that is currently available i'm so proud of us and we are very iconic. excited about season four yeah iconic i love the stranger <laughs> things pod i just gotta say it's so good thank, thank you it's so good. It's it's our most underrated one, so we appreciate that. I believe that to be true. It's so good. Uh, you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Yes, and like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because ugh, it is expensive. If you can't help us out on there, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, make sure you become a patron by the end of the year to get our year five postcard or... Uh, uh, I will put a link to where you can purchase one uh, in the description. Mm, smart. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Appritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Casey, thank you so much for coming on this episode and agreeing to come on all of the episodes after this. And becoming an auto. Oh my gosh. I 
thank you so much you guys i mean i love you guys so much personally and also like with what you guys have done with the aficionados i love you guys so much and i am just i like literally am so honored and humbled and appreciative <laughs> to get to talk about lost with robin for the foreseeable future yeah i'm just so grateful and so excited and i love this show and i love you guys and yeah there's just a lot of love we used to call casey our assistantado because she would help us with stuff and now she's been promoted yeah now she's in a fiction that though oh my god yeah i can't even like <laughs> process that in my mind like going from <laughs> assistinato like photographing you guys at freaking panels to a fiction op. no i can't I, like i can't even think about that that it hurts my brain too much but i love you guys so much she's like that's for later processing <laughs> So our next episode is episode 317. It's called Catch-22. And we're actually going to be having another Casey on. Yes! Um, yeah, well, you guys might remember her. She came on in uh, season two. She's at Illith Sternin. And uh, she runs uh, No Context Lost. And um, originally we were just going to have like two Casey's in a row. But now that Casey's taking over, now we're just going to have two Casey's. So when I say, how do you feel about that, Casey? We'll just see what happens next episode. It's going to be entertaining. Yeah, It's going to be great. Not to be dramatic but cases are the best and um yeah yeah that's fair she's right you know okay love you bye okay, love you, bye okay, love you, bye oh my god i want to cry spoilers <laughs> All right, I got a couple spoilers for you. Where are my spoilers? I don't think I have too many, but um, a couple. Where are my spoilies? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the present day stuff first, because that's what we talked about first. Juliet gets to look over where Ethan was buried, and Hurley shows where Ethan was buried, um, and she was actively friends and colleagues with him. But what she does not know yet is that she actually delivered him as an infant. <gasps> I forgot about that. <gasps> okay, sure, not weird Wait, at all. She was there when he was born. Yeah. She sure did. She sure was. Hey. Weird. 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 That uh, that makes me uncomfy. Yeah. I think it makes her uncomfy too. I, feel, I think that fully sums up like her relationship to Ethan. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, did she go and visit Ethan's grave? I feel like no. I feel like I would have been. Yeah, I think she just thought it. It's been like. Mm. All in all, Ethan was just kind of weird. That was a creepy guy. Don't like that. Yeah. So we see Charlie sleeping, holding Aaron and Claire's hands after she's been like fixed and everything. And Aaron is reaching up for the drive shaft ring that will be given to him in a few episodes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Catch me cry. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that one hurts too. Um, and honestly, that's all I have for the present day stuff. Other than the fact that like we are very soon going to learn all the other things that Juliet is meant to do. Like in DOC in a few episodes, we'll, uh, you know, she's trying to figure out if there are any other pregnant women uh, marking their tents and stuff like that. So yeah. Flashbacks, however. Oh, did you have anything for the present day, Casey? No. I just remember that that's what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> So in the flashbacks, this is, you know, we said this is the last time that Rachel sees her sister for several years. And unfortunately, Juliet never gets off the island. So this is actually the last time they see each other ever. Uh, yeah, that makes my heart hurt. It is tragic. I still stand by that Locke is the most tragic character on this mm -hmm. show. Um, but Juliet, uh, she's in the running for sure. She is a close second. Like, yeah, it just, she had full confidence and belief that after six months, she would be going back and she would be going back to her sister, Rachel, who would be mm -hmm. six months pregnant. And it just never comes to fruition for her. And 
It hurts. Oh, I can't think about it too much. Like, it hurts me a lot. Headcanon that Rachel was already going to name her baby Julian before she even realized that Juliet was missing. Like, I bet she was going to name that kid after Juliet no matter what. And it just so happened that Juliet never came back. I believe that. And I love that. Like, we know know so little about Rachel, like, and her personal life. But you can just tell in the few flashbacks that we get with her and Juliet that, like, they were so close. And Mm -hmm. I, I fully believe that's something she would do regardless of whether Juliet was present or not. Yeah, I agree. Um, my next thing was that Juliet's in bed with Goodwin and we learn in season four that Goodwin fully has a wife named Harper and she is actively cheating. Like He's actively cheating on Harper these whole this whole time. Yep. Oh yeah, there yeah. is. It, um, oh. So like Carl comes in and he's just like, well, this is bigger tea than I thought it was. But like Harper knows about it and like everybody knows about it and it just happens. Yeah, I mean, it's such a small, close-knit community like that stuff can't not happen you know yeah yeah Juliet tells Ben like if you can cure cancer why do you have cancer if no one gets cancer here and this is part of how the man in black got Ben to kill Jacob because that happened to him so she like really put it into words there Mm -hmm. uh before MIB even did wait that's how he Wait, can you explain that again? Yeah, so basically like MIB says to Ben, MIB's trying to get Ben to kill Jacob. And he says to Ben, if you're so special to Jacob, if Jacob protects everybody on Mm -hmm. this island, he let you get cancer. Nobody gets cancer here. He let you get cancer. You got sick even though you weren't supposed to. So that's just another reason for, of why Ben kills Jacob. Right. He's like, what, what, what about me? And what about about you what about bughead yeah what about you oh the greatest servant Uh, okay i'm not i don't even know if i'm on the well i and i guess i'm on the episode when jacob says what about you that is my favorite Mm -hmm. line award i'm calling it now that is my favorite (laughs) that is my favorite line award iconic uh honestly that's all i got anything else um, um, I initially had Juliet, like, needing to be very careful around Saeed, like, as a spoiler note, but I guess mm. not really, because we know that, like, Juliet is doing this sneakily, and that she has a whole plan going on, but, yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of, like, as a whole, Juliet knows mm. that, like, pfft, she cannot lie around Saeed. Yeah. What else did I have? Oh, I also just had that, like, Juliet knows that, like, the way to get to Jack and, like, the way to therefore influence everyone mm-hmm. is to, like, fix something. To, to, to yeah. fix a person, to heal someone. Like, I think that- Right, she literally says, I can fix this, and that's Jack's thing. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much, like- I bet he thinks that's so sexy that she fixed something. <laughs> right right like that is damn he's like "Ooh, you fixed something that was broken Ooh, yes come into my life yeah that's pretty much all i had was just that like jack loves bob the builder yeah that's pretty much what i had is that just like juliet very much speaks to uh jack's need to fix things and once juliet proves that she can fix something he's like oof yes okay come into my corner Mm. why don't you right Well, this is usually when I would say thank you to Casey again, but I think what I'm going to do is say thank you to Brittany for hey, coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh um, it was an honor. Time. I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still going to be around, guys. Yeah, Brittany's not dead, luckily. Yeah. Like, every, I know. Whenever you're recording. But I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. I'm crying. <laughs> 
whenever we're recording, I will still randomly give my two cents and then Robert will yell at me because I'm nowhere near the ni- mic and then I'm going to have to come over and repeat my joke and it's going to be this whole thing. Yeah, but sometimes you have such good thoughts that you should come and talk about it. Brittany, Thank you. you're so smart and you, you just think of things in such a smart way and such a humane way and I just, I love you and I love what you've contributed to, contributed to, con- <laughs> contribute to god why can't i say this you know what it's gonna it's i know what you mean emotions i just love you a lot i love you too thank you so much the end of an era it, it true but the start of an even better one yeah stop yep. it was the end of a decade but the start of an age <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna lose my lose my everything i love you guys so much love you love to all love to all you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter at britannia which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end but i wouldn't recommend it because i'm annoying no follow her please she's so no, smart she's so <laughs> casey where can we follow you you can follow me on twitter at casey watches tv i spell casey c-a-s-e-y which is different than um our next casey but that's okay yes. because different casey's are awesome and they make the world go round and you can follow uh me and my business at lf candle co uh pretty much everywhere that is lost and found candleco.com i make fandom inspired candles if you have a fandom and you want a candle i will make it for you thank you so much yay Woohoo! uh like we said you can follow at the aficionados all over the place our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados join for our annual postcard and yeah Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. We're approaching the house. Don't shoot us. <laughs>